Have you ever gotten so good at predicting future events you've been offered a writer's job on The Simpsons? Do you regularly hold off on making major life choices until you can consult a pack of tarot cards or a magic eight ball? Don't count on it! Oh. Well, congratulations! You might be a divination wizard. But what is a divination wizard? Well, start up that psychic hotline, break out the crystal ball, and prepare to bum out any millennials hoping to afford a house anytime soon because... I can see the future! So everyone would appreciate a little foresight, right? It's already everywhere. From astrology science to fortune cookies to ripping out the intestines of a goat and throwing them on a table in the hopes that somewhere in the viscera lies the answer whether or not you'll ever find grandma's secret pot pie recipe. Humans have been trying to figure out the secret to seeing into the future by basically any means necessary. So does any of this, uh, work? No. Time is a messy soup of chaos and nonsense, as unpredictable as British weather, spontaneous atomic decay, or what I'll say next in this script. Pancakes, oak tree, Neptune, dirty socks, you don't know me, I'm crazy. Ah! But this is a game. Anything can happen in a game. And like the WWE or capitalism, it's fun to imagine it works, even if it's just for pretend. Luckily for us, the subclass based entirely around predicting the future is fun, specializing in generating more eye rolls per DM than any subclass so far. But I guess we should have seen that coming. But first... Okay guys, so there's no bit to this one. I want to talk about something serious for just a minute. It's been a long road and through a lot of self-reflection and therapy, I think I'm finally able to open up about a specific part of my life that I've been keeping from the world for a long time. And that's that... I'm a weeb. Yes, I'm a weeb. And I'm tired of being ashamed of it. And that's why when D&D Schwartz reached out to me about promoting their new Kickstarter, Ryoko's Guide to the Yokai Realms, I had myself a little freak out. This huge 350-page tome is jam-packed full of Japanese-inspired folklore with new feats, a weapon mastery skill tree system to make martials more fun, the Element Bender class inspired by everyone's favorite non-anime anime, and a brand new combat system lets you fight kaiju as big as Godzilla, Mothra, and Grape Ape. Holy cow, guys, I think I might faint just from the art on this Kickstarter alone. It's so goddamn beautiful! This Kickstarter is brought to us by many talented creators looking to create a D&D experience that has evolved beyond the Western folklore aesthetic to bring us a beautiful, engaging world full of new monsters, new familiars, new spells, and Sekiro ninja prosthetics. And if that isn't worth the price of admission, there's just nothing I can do for you, bud. This book offers a one-of-a-kind experience brought to you through hard work and a love for the community, and it's so great to see that being rewarded. So please, go to this link below and support Ryoko's Guide to the Yokai Realms today because I know I am. A big thanks to D&D Shorts and the Ryoko's Guide team for sponsoring the show, and now, back to the video. So you're thinking about diving into the future-telling business. Well, you're gonna need a few things. Silly hats? Check. Over-the-top personality? Check. Mild cultural insensitivity? check a -rooney? But you also need some kind of method to your madness, so why not use a little magic? So, we're gonna get some spellcasting at level 1. This gives you a bunch of spells right out the gate, but also a spell book that can take pretty much any form you like. From the classic dusty tome, to arcane tattoos, to some neat tarot cards. Move over, Merlin, with your cloaks and your reading. I just spent 10 hours mastering sleight of hand street magic on YouTube, and it's given me secret arcane knowledge like my personal hero, Chris Angel. Wizards also get arcane recovery, letting you recover spell slots equal to half your wizard 
wizard level rounded up so you can keep the party going even if you're a bit sleepy. At second level we choose our wizard school because just like that annoying smart kid in everyone's elementary school, the wizard gets to skip a grade and get their subclass a level early. This also allows you to copy divination spells into your book at half the golden time, but something about this subclass tells me you should have already known those. We also get this neat ability to, uh, uh what was it? Uh, oh yeah. Completely obliterate the universal thrones of space and time and manipulate them to fit in your needs! Twice a day. This ability is called your portent because it's important to the divination wizard's whole kit. Uh, just scratch that. Essentially every morning you roll 2d20 and at some point during the day you can replace any attack, saving throw, or an ability check made by you, an ally, or a creature you can see with one of those dice. Did the oni you're fighting just make the saving throw against the cleric's banishment? Think again, loser, nat one. Did your assassin rogue just roll a three to hit the enemy at a critical moment? Just kidding, nat 20, double sneak attack, get wrecked. This ability is exceptionally powerful and lets you essentially just look the DM right in the eye with your middle finger held high. But we're not done yet. You see, it's always been my theory that if you're good at something, you should go ahead and lean into it. I mean, I got this job because of my ADHD and skill with PowerPoint presentations. But for a young divination wizard, we gotta grab anything we can to be as aggravating as possible. So at some point, you need to pick up silvery barbs. Similar to your portent die, you can spend your reaction to inflict disadvantage on any successful attack, ability check, or save made within 60 feet. Then, just as a cherry on top, you can give advantage to an ally. Silvery Barbs has a fun little reputation as another fuck you to your DM, but just make sure you keep your distance. Without shield spells to count on, your poor wizard can easily become the target of a pissed off dungeon master. At third level, we pick up some cantrip formulas, giving you the entire wizard cantrip library you can swap in and out on a long rest. But we're gonna jump up to fourth level so we can pick up some feats. And like any good foot soldier, I march down to my favorite site, WikiFeet. No, that's... Oh, feet with an A. We can edit this out, right? <clears throat> now, I don't always talk about these because I love the idea that you can use feats to better flesh out your perfect character, but there's one feat that fits the Divination Wizard so well I feel obliged to mention it here. And that's the Lucky Feat. This gives you three luck die that you can once again use to re-roll an attack, ability check, or save, or best for you, cause disadvantage on an enemy's attacks. That gives you three luck die, two portent die, and as many of your first level spell slots you can spend. With these combined, you are an absolute nightmare in most encounters, just forcing constant rerolls and big time DMI rolls. At sixth level, we get expert divination so we can roll the bones even more precisely and get back a lower spell slot anytime we cast a divination spell of second level or higher, as long as the spell cast isn't higher than fifth level. Your diviner abilities make sure you always have a little magic to fall back on, spending only a fraction of the magical effort a normal spell might, and providing plenty of slots for silvery barbs. Skipping on down to tenth level, our divination wizard opens their third eye, bad CG included. But at least ours lets us access one of four abilities, letting you swap on a short rest. Your creepy forehead eye can give you an extended dark vision to a range of 60 feet, the ability to see invisible creatures and objects within 10 feet, ethereal sight to let you see through the ethereal plane for 60 feet, or greater comprehension so you can read any language. It really is incredibly difficult to get anything past you, and the ability to hot swap these depending on the situation makes everything from dungeon crawling to ghost hunting an absolute breeze. Take that Zach Baggins, you fraud. 
But it's 14th level where our divination wizard becomes a true master of pain in the ass antics with greater portent. Now you can roll three portent die instead of just two after every long rest. It's a simple buff, but oftentimes those are the most powerful, and this is no exception. So counted up, that's three portent die, three lucky die, and so many spell slots to hit him with the silvery barbs. You really are just the living embodiment of the phrase, um, actually, as you force rerolls multiple times a turn. 17th level gets you 9th level spells like the Divination Spell Foresight, giving any creature you touch advantage on attacks, ability checks, and saves, as well as causing enemies to have a disadvantage against that creature. But you're a wizard and you get 2 spells and wishes, you know, right there. Wish is great, and it does everything and more, and I've talked about it a bunch, but for a spellcaster, it really is an insane thing to pass up. 18th level gets us Spell Mastery, making your choice of a first and second level spell castable at will, and while I think Misty Step is still the best second level option, Silvery Barbs is now unlimited. Really diving into what makes this class good is also the thing that makes it the most aggravating, and the thing that makes me very happy. And finally, 20th level gets us Signature Spells, which lets you choose two third level spells you can cast once a day without expending a spell slot. We haven't talked too much about third level divination spells because there aren't that many to begin with, but clairvoyance can be a lot of fun. But just pick counterspell and fireball, I know you want to. Seriously though, the Divination Wizard is a ton of fun to play, and I don't have to be a fortune teller to know some of you are going to be enraging your DMs very soon. The whole point of this subclass is to force the dice into your favor, and I think you have so many ways to make that happen. Taking the lucky feat isn't necessary for this sub to work either, but it's so much fun for that little extra bit of DM irritation. And we can crank this up even more if we play as a halfling, making nat ones completely disappear. Unfortunately, one downside is that there aren't that many divination spells to take advantage of your expert divination ability, but you have so much going on for you everywhere else, it's not that big a deal. Portent is just so good. Maybe too good. Imagine slapping that onto an arcane trickster or a hexblade warlock with just a two-level wizard dip. This even works with barbarians for Pete's sake, as the portent is just an ability that happens, not a spell or anything that requires concentration. An ability so powerful it can literally uplift every class is not something to take lightly. It's really strong. And you're still a wizard. Wizards are just kind of broken in D&D. I think there's probably a little bias on that too. But it means that even when you're not gaining new abilities at every level, your huge catalog of spells more than makes up for it. And as much as I love the Bladesinger, this may be one of the best examples of a true wizard's wizard. So if you've ever been shopping for a fishbowl, round enough to pass for a crystal ball, keep a pack of tarot cards in your back pocket for an emergency reading, even though nobody asked for it, and are the cause of many a mental health break for the guy who can decide if a meteor suddenly flattens your character's entire continent, guess what? You might be a divination wizard.
welcome to another episode of The Game. If you're just joining us, we are a tabletop talk show and podcast brought to you by Dungeon Studios. There's Doc. <laughs> we go I'm beyond so live play and dive deep into topics from session zeros to campaign heroes. Today, we have a very interesting guest with us. Um, do you want to introduce yourself, Paolo? Sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, sure. I'm Paolo Garbanzo. I am, uh, most of my life is spent at Renaissance fairs performing all over, not just America, but in Europe as well. Uh, I am a lifelong player of Dungeons and Dragons and many other role-playing games as well. And I also started doing uh, my own uh, Dungeons and Dragons at the castle that I'm a jester yeah, of. It's so cool. In it's England. So cool. So cool. Uh, and uh, weirdly enough, I don't, I'm not trying to like take credit for, for D&D in a castle or anything like that, but uh, I was doing tours in Europe, like normal tours, normal tours. Like I would, <laughs> I would bring people to uh, Renaissance festivals and medieval festivals in Europe, you know, places that actually had the Renaissance. And uh, and of course, you know, that Venn diagram of people who go to Renaissance fairs and people who are interested in actually going to like medieval Renaissance festivals in, you know, medieval festivals in Europe also play Dungeons and Dragons. So I, oh, was, yeah. like, I was like, they were like, cause I would describe, you know, here's, this is the city that I actually just, I stole this whole city. It's in my campaign. And now all the wizards live. And, and they were like, wait, you play Dungeons and Dragons? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I work at Ren Fairs, seriously. And uh, they were like, I would, I would sit down and play D&D with you right now. And uh, so we like, you know, we went to a, an actual, like a, a tavern in this medieval city that, it, you know, is 800 years old. And we played D&D. Like oh, during so cool. our Italy tour. Wow. And, and I was like, hmm. Hmm. So, Bing, light bulb. And, and that's really <laughs> how it began, completely by accident. It was, that, com- yeah. it was and, really, that's great. That's and awesome. And then I came back to America and I heard about D&D in a castle. And I was like, hey. Wait. <laughs> I did that first. So, yeah, not not taking credit for it. It was all it was it was it was the time for it. Well, and how so, did you, you know, how like, did you originally get into the game? If I can ask, how did you originally originally get into? The you game? said you've been playing what lifelong? Oh, yes, I mean I was eight nine. Oh really? Wow. Okay, yeah. Two older brothers who played it, and then you know, of course, I was the younger brother. What is this magical thing you're doing? Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and then of course, you know, one night when some players didn't show up and they were a little low on players, and they were like, "You Maybe can we should play." Let them play. Yeah. <laughs> and then it, from there, and then of course, when you start doing that, then you then you're like, okay, now I'm now I'm ten, eleven, and I've got my buddies at my school and and I'm the one with the experience playing D&D so then I start being the dungeon master so then of course that's how I started being the all-time dungeon master since like fourth grade so you're wow. forever you're forever DM yeah and you are, uh, you're I, a forever I DM I don't usually have a problem with it sometimes okay. I do kind of just go golly it would be nice to just play like one character for a whole session yeah <laughs> <laughs> and not just for two minutes as an NPC right <laughs> I really like that character that I played for like a minute before they stabbed him. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. But uh but yeah. So that's wow. what, now can I ask because I I I'm coming into this a little bit fresh. Do you and Doc already you already knew each other or how did you guys get into contact? Okay. Doc pulled you in. Yeah. For right, the- I guess I guess I have to tell the story because Paulo doesn't yeah. know the story. Um, okay. I I've been in Maryland now for 20 years. 
Um, and I've been going to Renfest in Maryland. If you live in Maryland, going to Renfest is sort of the thing you do. It's okay. it's a huge Renfest. Um, and there are some classic performers there. Um, and they are top-notch uh, improv. And, and it's so audience intro. I just, I love it. I just, I eat it up. I eat it up. I eat it up. Oh, yeah. That's, and the, the Ren Fairs being the last ba- bastion of vaudeville comedy. Yeah, yeah, got, yeah, absolutely. A whole nother miniseries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you got the, and you know, and you know, Amber, because then you got all the people in the, the cosplays are out. Oh, yeah. You got mm-hmm. the Doctor Who fans are out because they're traveling in time. You yeah. got, you know, er- the, Star Trek, the Star Trek fans even come out. <laughs> right, right. Every, everybody's there oh. at that thing, right? Yeah, because they're a... beaming in. It's it's okay. So then, so then, what's happened is I've gone so many years and I've seen Paulo perform. Mm-hmm. And this year I went and I have my Riddler hat. My daughter, my we got to go. And my daughter's wearing this rainbow beholder. I'm wearing my mind flare shirt. We're in the front row with the question mark, and we're having a great time. And we had a lot of eye contact going. And then he said something about D and D, and I was just like, he's. On, I turned to my daughter. I'm like, he's on the show. <laughs> I'm getting him on the show. I'm going up and buying. I'm buying a twenty one sided. Because I have to have. Oh, that's official, how you got the die. Uh, Paul, okay. Paulo is the official twenty-one sided guy, and yeah. uh, and I said, and I asked the uh, guy at the table at selling the dice. I said, "Yo, I got to I got to talk to Paulo. What, what do I do? Where do I go?" That's where I got your card. There you go. Uh, he commented in one of our shows, "Hey, you got my card." Yeah, that's where I got his card. And I was like, "No, I'm going to hunt you down uh, and get him on the show uh, because." And then he's surprisingly about, easy to get a hold of, honestly. Yeah, and then D and D in the D and D in the castle, um, mm-hmm. and he mentioned about you know doing it long before D and D in the castle. So I wanted to have him on our show to say. You know, put in as an official stamp on that forum. Yeah, I'm just uh, not as famous as those guys. So that's like, right. You know, they, I was like, wow, their budget is, <laughs> <laughs> man. So and that's yeah. and that's how it happened. Uh, so then he's here, and I and I said, can you come on? You and he said, sure. So here we are. Oh, I wanted to add because you were saying that even the Star Trek fans show up. And Go ahead. So I had mentioned. One of a, one of my shows, I say a lot of random stuff. Uh, I happen to just go off into this like sci-fi whole endeavor, and uh, you know, and I do. I I like a little Star Trek, uh, and so I don't know if you're familiar with there is the time traveling cops in Star Trek, right? Who kind of right, fix right. Things, they make sure. Yeah. So uh, so some of the Star Trek hardcore fans who were happened to be at the show that I just went off on this real crazy tangent, they made me. An ID badge that says Paula Garbanzo and that I am actually with Starfleet in the <laughs> unit that is the time oh, traveling unit. So cool. So that I can go up to people who are wearing Star Trek uniforms and go, Excuse me, sir. Um, <laughs> I need to talk to you over here. And I would take them aside and go, Listen, these people don't know anything about space travel. You're messing it up. Get, what? What get get a like a tune? You're breaking or the prime what? directive. Yeah, you're, you're wrong. Oh, that's great. I love awesome. it. And, oh, and the, I love it. So fun. Oh, what do like, they oh, do? They made me a whole like, you know, on the outside it's just a leather, looks like a leather thing you'd have at the Renaissance. And the inside's like ID badge, Starfleet, everything. It was great. So that is fabulous. Okay, have you had any badges. like hilarious reactions because of that or anything that you could oh, talk on? Well, I just got that like a few weeks ago. So I, oh, I've, I've only like, yeah, I only did it like one time to these people and they, but they blew their mind because of course, that's cool. You know, to be, to have these things in your pocket, like just like, oh, it's like, wait, I've got to walk around. It's not hard to find some Star Trek people. They're around. So yeah, but, that's um, so cool. Yeah. I just had to throw that breaking, out because it was that's like, so great. Funny. 
Paulo the Jester is a temporal director now. I love it. I love yeah. it. Hanging out with Loki, right? Right? That's what he's doing now, too, right? He's I can neither confirm nor deny. See? The existence see? of Loki. There they go again. Are you there a variant? Go. Pretty sure you're a variant. <laughs> I'm variable, at least. <laughs> so can I, can I learn a little bit more about this 21-sided die? Did you... What was it the is a 20-sided die. It is, it is totally okay. street legal for all of your back alley D&D games. Uh, <laughs> but what we've done is uh, it, it goes to 11 if it I only see. went to 10. But now it goes to 21. Uh, yes. So it is a 21, a 20-sided die, but the it leveled up. So it's, you're, it's a leveled up 20-sided die. We've sent all of our dice out on Epic Quest. The one that returned have leveled up to 21. So it is the best a 20 can be, which is a 21. So there you go. Can- can I ask, because I am such a dice goblin, how do we get a hold of those? Ah. Well, you happen to be on our <laughs> Nat 21 Adventures website. Yeah? Uh, yes. So you can get them. Yes. Uh, we. So we have, of course, we also run a Twitch channel, uh, Nat 21 Adventures. And uh, and of course, that was that was formed when all of us Renaissance Fair performers who all play D&D together um, were out of a job during COVID. Wow. Yeah. And, and we had... You know, we'd, we'd always kind of like talked about like, we should, we right, should, doing do, it. We should yeah. do a D&D show. Like we're fun. Yeah. Because like, I mean, you guys must be hilarious because you're all pretty much comedians. Yeah, and, the, yeah. Everyone I play with is improv comedy actors. Like they're, this is their training. And yeah. so now they're like, and you know, and of course, if you're just like, if you're, you, they can play serious so, sometimes every <laughs> once in a while, but even, even in the most like Cthulhu game where we're like, you know, we've got to find the thing, you know, Somebody always finds out how to, you know, trebuchet a chicken across. <laughs> Fantastic. You know, or we'll, or we'll literally have an entire game <laughs> where we just uh, try to one up each other's hat. Uh, that has happened. Now, can that still be seen? Can uh, that still be the, seen? The hat one, well, the hat one wasn't, uh, well, that was just us playing oh. D&D. So. No, no, no. Yeah. But I mean, the, the Twitch where you guys oh. all got together and yeah, played. So that's all, of our, all of our old episodes are on uh, YouTube. So you can look that up. Nat 21 Adventures. Cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, that sounds really exciting. That sounds I, like I'm a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just, just a had, uh, If you're familiar with Jack the Whipper, uh, TikTok super megastar. Uh, he was just on our show last night, actually. So he's he plays a lot with Ooh. us. I've been friends with him forever, uh, and uh, and of course he is a big D and D guy. So, uh, but yeah, he just he got he got to play the big bad guy, and at the end of our it was the end of our of our season, and uh, he just came in and just wrecked the players. Oh, it was, okay, <laughs> so wait, wait. So I now I want to hear more about this. So hmm. he came in specifically to be. The BBEG oh, yeah. or the bad yes. guy. Okay, he wasn't nice. like he wasn't like somebody who turned bad. He well, he did turn bad because okay, we've been that's... playing with him two seasons before. Are these too many spoilers for people that want to no, go see? No, him? No, 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 okay, well, okay. It was, it was very point. surprising because people check. who just showed up because they had we have like uh, there's probably like 20 episodes of uh, Into the Feywild is what we we did a whole Feywild adventure and he goes off starting off young and hopeful and ended the <laughs> ended the whole thing with like I'm killing all of you and then he Whoa. leaves. And oh, he actually didn't leave. He actually got um, plane shifted by one of the other players who was like, <laughs> "He's out." <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, I'm com- I'm com- I'm coming for all of y'all." And so yeah, so now you know he he just showed up with because we have another group that we had playing, but they were running missions for for his his now enemy, right? Uh-huh. They're running missions for him, and so they're like do 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 doing other things, and then they ran smack into him, and uh, it was. 
It was bad. So. Wow. <laughs> that sounds great. That sounds like so much fun. I can't great. wait to watch that. Uh, it was great. <laughs> yeah, you so can probably see it on Twitch currently because it's still still up there. We was that that was just last night. So oh, oh wow. cool. Okay. So this is very current. Well, yeah. well, last night as of filming out. this, but it'll be say, ago, so. we're time traveling again. Yeah. You it'll get be up on YouTube. Out. Right. <laughs> So, Doc, it sounded like you had a question because I had yeah, a question I wanted too, to but... ask because I, I see you in Maryland every year. Do you do a whole circuit through the U.S.? Uh, well, can, can we hear your 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 Golly. circuit that you run? Uh, so we'll start at, uh, So I do a we'll start at the new year. So I actually give a I do a tour to Sicily uh, for New Year's. And okay. that's part of our that's part of the, the Ren Adventures is my tour company. Uh, and then we do a couple of shows there. Uh, so then, so New Year's, then we go into, uh, the first real big show is I do a couple of gaming conventions in February ish. Depends. Um, actually this coming February, I know this is a lot of, it's a crazy <laughs> schedule. This coming February, we actually are, I'm taking Jackson Whipper and we are going to Rome for Carnavale. Wow. And so he's going to be, it's, this is going to be his first international performance. Uh, we're taking a whole group of people who are dying to see Jack and might be happy to see me. I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, so we're going to do a big Italy thing for Carnavale, which is, uh, it's, it's Mardi Gras. Uh, but right. It's, right. It's, in uh, Rome. it's a little different in Italy. There's, it's, you can check it out on YouTube. It's great. <laughs> Uh, but like different parts of Italy do it differently. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's crazy all regional. Thing. Yeah. All regional oh, yeah. things go on. Oh, uh, yeah. So then Carnivale, then we do, then I do the uh, Sherwood Forest Fair, which is in Texas that runs March and April. Uh, then I'm in okay. the Tennessee Renaissance Festival, which is South of Nashville. And that's in May. Uh, and then Hi. June is our Dungeons and Dragons tour to Muncaster Castle, which is the castle that I am a jester of. Uh, and then, uh, what is that? June, July. Then we do, then we come back and do Gen Con. Uh, and then uh, Gen Con. Then it's, uh, I do a couple, and I do another uh, steampunk festival, which is really fun. Uh, Key City oh, Steampunk. Cool. Love those guys. They're great. Where's that? Uh, that's in Pennsylvania in Gettysburg. Okay. Give them okay. a shout again. Give them a shout again. Who's yeah, that? Uh, it's the, it's Key City steampunk uh festival convention all right, all right. Uh, pennsylvania it's a lot of fun they're so much heart everybody's great costumes it's a yeah. ton of fun yeah uh, i could imagine i'm not far from there i'd love to check yeah. that out oh it's great yeah steampunk uh, costumes are like another level of cosplay to yeah, me. yeah i feel like there's a lot of little pieces that so, i don't know you necessarily need for like a fantasy cosplay right. <laughs> anyway I, sorry go ahead you know I, I feel like it's like whenever i do a, a steampunk convention i'm underdressed yeah, I, you know, <laughs> most of most of my costuming is Renaissance or medieval, and I've got all the bells and whistles and all the little things. Yeah, and like I'm just starting to do a steampunk costume, and I'm yeah. like, and you know, because because I'm doing a few, you know, I do a couple uh, steampunk conventions, but I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many bangles and bits to right. do, and, and <laughs> it's just yeah, the costuming is fantastic. If you want to see some hardcore costumers, uh, go check out a steampunk convention. That's yeah, cool. Uh, and then it's Maryland, and then and then, uh, back then I go down to to uh louisiana uh and we're gonna that's uh november and part of december and then back around all all the way back around the end of the year again so wow, wow. so i'm gonna i'm gonna tack on to this real quick because you mentioned rome and it's like so yeah. casually like i'm just gonna perform in rome i understand you speak three you perform in three languages is that yes. correct yeah that's I'm... crazy so <laughs> what are they're they're obviously they're... italian what else? Italian. Uh, I so I can do my show in German, and I can kind of speak German. Uh, it's 
but uh, if uh, most German people would just say, he can say a lot of words. Right, right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like, so I can do my show and I know what I'm saying in German. Uh, uh-huh. There's a lot of crazy German stories about that, though. And uh, and then, uh, you know, and I can I can get through the airport and a hotel and a restaurant. But if there we you go. started talking about anything that I didn't directly have in my show, I'm absolutely lost. So. Right, right. Um, so now how did you how did now? Is that something that you've you've known all your life? Like you can speak these languages or oh, did no. you purposely <laughs> seek out to learn these languages so that you could perform? Yes. OK, absolutely. Wow. Uh, well, I, well, so my family speaks Italian, but they Okay, my family speaks Sicilian. Yeah, which there's is a difference. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say my <laughs> uh, family spoke both too. You gotta, you gotta specify. Yeah. I'm with you. So, on that. and and unfortunately, like, so my mom, my mom, because she grew up, she grew up here. So her family spoke a mix of Italian and Sicilian, and didn't really know. She didn't really know which one was Sicilian and which one is Italian. So it's so then I actually had to like learn Italian because then I ended up working in Turin. Which uh-huh. speak does not speak Sicilian. So, oh, wow. Uh, and so is it I was, close? I don't know the difference. Is it close enough that like you can kind of tell, but it's butchering it? I can, or? I can hear, I can understand it when it's spoken, but uh-huh. Sicilian is such a different dialect. It it should be considered a different language. If Spanish okay. is considered a different language from Italian, right? Then Sicilian, yeah, should be. and, and got and it. That's about as far away as it is. It's, yes. Okay. Sicily is very different too. It's very different geographically and oh, a yeah. melting pot of cultures and languages and thousands very, of years of history. Yeah. That, it's which is why wow. I give a tour there because I I'm a big history buff. So I just love the, you know, Archimedes, you know, this is like, oh, Archimedes is Greek. It's like, yes, he was of Greek uh civilization, but he actually grew up in Sicily. They Sicily was like a colony of Greece. And wow. so you're like, you know, when you talk about the Greeks, you're you're actually just talking about these Sicilian guys who, yes, <laughs> they <kind of> split <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, they, they split off. It's like saying, you know, like Americans would be English people. Yeah. It, yeah. It's like, right. Right. Well, yeah. they're Americans. Right. So now, have you yeah. seen the catacombs in Sicily? Oh, yes. You have seen the catacombs. Oh, yeah. oh, my Doc, God. Doc seems to be a big history buff, too. He's the yeah. guy you'll you'll hear when he does his magical Q&A. <laughs> it's awesome. So this, is why, this is why I love to give the tours, because and again, it's like especially when I relate them to like my Dungeons and Dragons campaign, because there's uh, you know, there's this side note. There's like there's a great, great, cool city, Terramina in Sicily. It's gorgeous. It's 2,800 years old, give or take. Wow. Uh, and it's way up on this mountainside. And the streets are paved with marble because that's what? how rich they were. And you're like, marble, that's a terrible stone to use. If right, you're... wouldn't it be slippery? <laughs> it's, it's very soft, right? And oh. so if you ran if you ran carts all over it all day it long, wear out. It, would, yeah. it would wear out. But that tells you how rich they were because they either didn't care, replaced <laughs> it all the time, or were so rich that they just had people carry all their stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. Uh, and it's a gorgeous, gorgeous city. And I was like, ooh, this is the, I, I literally basically took their town and then I put it inside of a bigger city that I've created in my world. Uh, and it's, it is where all the wizards live in their gated community. Yeah. And they're like literally in ivory towers. Like, yeah, yeah. 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 They the can have roads city. paved in marble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the rest of the city is just like, what? You know? <laughs> yeah. I've been, I've been sharing, uh, they have like the different, I guess they're like fresco drawings of like the catacomb maps. 
Oh yeah. And I've been sharing them with my adventure team because I just think these are like the coolest thing. Look at these, look at these things. They're great. It's it's pretty amazing. And, the, and the, again, the history that goes back more than 3000 years and Phoenicians were in Sicily. There's There were people there before the Greeks and the Phoenicians fought over it and the Carthaginians. Like you're like, where did those people go? And there are, there are tombs to those people, the Siculi uh, uh, people. There's like, there's, there's, stone tombs you know so when you're this is when like when i'm playing DD and i've got like you know this is a 500 year old tomb or this is a thousand year old tomb it's like is it a two thousand year old tomb because probably most of them have already been robbed just right, right, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> my players hate that because i'm always like it's empty it's empty yeah. it's empty there's yeah. a there's a cup. Someone yeah. has a mug there. Yeah. In all of these 2000 years, someone has already been here before you. People clean this stuff out all, you know, so, but yeah. Oh my gosh. So now New Orleans, you do, yes. you do the, the tour of New Orleans. Now, the reason why um, we play Mask of the Red Death, five oh, yeah. rules set in New Orleans, set in the we 1890s. Are doing, we are actually doing a and d event there. This right. is our first one. And spoiler alert, it is the Red Death. Uh, yeah. So. Now, are you doing, are you doing the, ver- the, uh, the variation is really good. The game set, the rule set is excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause they did it a little bit differently than classes. Uh, we're and- going to, we're going to use mostly the 5e rules and then we're just modifying a little bit because it is kind of a, it's a one shot, you know, we're, we're there. Right. For- right. No, that's, I mean, the, so, the new rule yeah. set that, that, that they have out for that is really, really good. Uh, yeah. I think it's set up really so. Yeah, oh, that's, that's awesome. so great. And when is that again? That that is during the middle of or the end of the run of the Louisiana Fair. So that's December, say five through nine. All right. And, so uh, yeah. so yeah. So people have plenty of time to see this and hear about it if they're interested mm-hmm. and get yeah. involved. There's a yeah. few spots left. So all right, all right. It's that's filling cool. up fast though. We're kind of like. Mm. <laughs> so can I ask if we're if we're done talking about the show the the shows that you do i'm really curious about this uh this accolade that you have of being the first american in history to be an official jester of an english castle i want to hear how that came about i just okay let me back up no it's on and on you let me yeah so (laughs) i as soon as i heard that we were going to be interviewing you i went looking up you know all these things and i'm i'm talking to my my son is 15 right now he mm-hmm. loves improv he's tried out for the improv club so many times he is just a little i wouldn't say little awesome. he's very he's taller than me handball um right. but i told him about these accolades that you had and he was fascinated and i know that he would kill me if i didn't ask about this so <laughs> so, so yeah so i had been working in europe uh so and it's i have to say like the community of say like street performers and uh and, and stage performers of the variety arts it's a very small community. We all kind of know each other. We're all, we're only two, you know, I'm only two people away from any, any street performer in Australia. Like yeah. that's how small the community is like, Oh, Dave from Australia. I met Dave, of course, <laughs> you know, whatever, you know, like, you know, that group of acrobats. Oh, yeah. We, I met them at some festival in Austria, what, you know, like, wow. like the community is surprisingly small. Okay. Uh, that's interesting. I had no idea of that. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. And, and there's, you know, fringe festival, all sorts of festivals that we all, we all run into it, each other and like, it gets around, yeah. we get around. <laughs> uh, so, so the Muncaster, you know, they have this competition It's and it's kind of a, it's kind of like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm around. It's a little bit of an invite. It's also, you know, it's they're they're also looking for other people 
you know, so like, they're like, Hey, I can recommend you for these guys. And so they, you know, friend of mine recommended me to them. Um, they watched, they looked at my stuff and said, would you like to compete? Uh, and so I, you know, worked it out with my schedule and, uh, and so I competed. Uh, so they is, so Muncaster, the reason that they have a jester competition is because they are the home of the original Tom Fool. So the guy that we get that term, right? Hey, Tom Foolery. Tom yeah. Foolery, right. That's that guy. So, uh, so of course they're like, well, let's continue the jester competition. That's let's continue great. that that uh, history come alive and uh, it's a great it's a ton of fun yeah that's neat they are the nicest people that i know who own a castle and uh <laughs> how many how many how many people competed uh like because first you had to like sort of get into the group yeah. in the first well, the place final, the final competition is six six okay yeah. and and i was up against three english guys and another american and a french person and so um and it was and- my first time performing in England. Uh, so like I had, you know, I'd, I'd been street performing in Italy and, and a little bit in Germany. Uh, and, but like English people are a whole other audience and you right. sh- their humor is different, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, I'm like, you know, cause you, you have a, you have a show in English. You can't directly relate it to Italian. You have to kind of like, like these don't, these jokes don't even work. Uh, you have mm-hmm. to come up with something else. The wording is is wrong. Uh, so you, you end up modifying everything. German, same thing. You end up, it's- That it's, makes a lot of, no, it does make a lot of sense though. Yeah. Because innuendo is very different in different right. languages. All the things that you wouldn't think about. They have yeah. phrases that we don't and we have phrases they don't and just, you know, back and forth. And, right. uh, you know, so it, you all, you just go, all right, what, what can I do? What do I, what words do I even know? But it, you go to England and you're like, well, I speak English. Yeah. That doesn't mean you're <laughs> in, in English, English, you're yeah. American English. And, you know, you have all the, not just the language, which it does have different stuff. <laughs> they do have different words for different things. Uh, <laughs> so just culturally, you know, you're used to American culture and they're used to English culture. So I was, uh, there was the, there were two, the two English guys <clears throat> When I competed and I was like, you know, I was like, I'm pretty good. Uh, but it was like, if I lose, it's going to be one of those two English guys because they they had all of the nuance of English humor and they were killing it. Yeah. And I was like, well, if I lose, it's going to be one of those. But uh, and, and what did you have to Is it like you're that's performing what I wanted to on ask stage? You. OK, yeah, thank what, you. What yeah. were the requirements? Like yeah, you have to like do a bunch, you know, the swimsuit, <laughs> shot put, javelin throw, swimsuit <laughs> competition. I killed it. And uh <laughs> So like, no, are you uh, getting judged on your costume, your appearance? I'm very cool. Well, yeah. Yeah. They had, uh, they had three judges and they, uh, you basically had to do a show inside a 30 minute. And so they had this whole big day of, uh, you know, they had, they have a whole week of jester. And so like wow. you have this whole big thing, but then like the final day is when they like the judges have, are actually like, okay. And you got to cut all of the material you would love to do down into about 25 minutes. Uh-huh. And, you know, they're just, you're just like, what? That's tough. Cause when you've got, you know, my normal show is 45 minutes and there's other, you know, and I have several shows. So I'm kind of like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? What's going to be the best thing to impress the judges? What's going to- And gonna- can you not like, uh, you can't reuse any of the material that you did maybe earlier? Right. Yeah. The- you're trying okay. to, you're trying to, be fresh for the judges so you don't want yeah. to be like oh they already saw that or whatever you know and, and okay. you want to, of course you know bring your original comedy to the to the table so yeah um, yeah so 
So somehow, what do you feel like there was a defining moment of, do you remember that performance at all where you could say oh, like, yeah. pretty sure that's what won me this thing? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I eat a raw onion. Uh, oh no. <laughs> so most jugglers will eat an apple, mm -hmm. but I am not most jugglers. And so I, I, I don't know which show you saw. Yeah, I did see that. I have seen this. Yeah, I've so seen I this that show once a day because let me tell you, I don't actually enjoy eating onions. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who would? <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so basically the whole thing is like there's there's some props and I and I have an apple, I have an onion, I have an orange. And then eventually by the time we get to the point where I'm going to do that trick, uh, the audience is like yelling at me to eat the onion. And <laughs> Right, right. It's 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 and great. It it's a great setup. It's a great setup too. Yeah. Oh man, so. I'm gonna have to check that out. <sighs> that but, is so, yeah, cool. so it was and that and and but it's just mostly like uh those type of things. You don't do anything like like no one's like doing like some great soliloquies or anything oh. like that. Well, I mean, like that was the thing, the English guys, I'll tell you the the <laughs> let's go off on a tangent of like they, you know, this one guy had this costume that looked like he was like Queen Victoria. Okay. Sitting on a throne. Like that was the costume. Like a whole, wow. the it whole included throne the everything. Throne. <laughs> <laughs> he, like he did like a 10 minute routine about like Queen Victoria. Blah, 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 and, like okay, and course, yeah. the English are just eating it up. Cause of course yeah. it's, you know, it, it's Queen Victoria. Queen Victoria. <laughs> right, right. Kind of a big deal. Right. Yeah. And uh, it just, you know, and I was just like, oh my God. And then he did, so this was, this was several years ago. He did a whole thing about Riverdance. Oh no. <laughs> and it was, I'm already laughing. <laughs> it was the best. So he had these little bobble dolls. <laughs> like they, you turn them on and they like, they vibrate. They have the little legs. Uh -huh. Dressed them all up in as Irish dancers. <sighs> and had a, like a line of 20 of them. Oh my God. He comes out as Michael Flannery and, you know, yeah. as the Lord <laughs> of Dance. This great wig and everything. And he like, he prances around. The bobble dolls are like, this <laughs> sometimes they like fall over and they're like, you know, like, I I was crying. I was laughing so hard. And then like, just the, the ending thing was like, he does this move and he stops and he goes, and that's exactly what Riverdance looks like. <laughs> and you just, oh my gosh. I was like, yeah, if I lose, it's to this guy. And, wow. and I, I would be happy to lose to him, but uh but yeah, she didn't. I, that's great. That's because no, because I could see a lot of soliloquy. I, I I idolize you as a jester because when I was in college, we used to do magical dinners and I oh, would yeah. be the jester. Um, and my big thing was I would bring notes to all the lords and ladies, run the notes back and forth. And then the first year I did it, I did the Midsummer Night's Dream play within a play. All I right. condensed all the characters into, you know, a one man show and did like a goofy show. And then the next year I wrote my own thing uh, about a, a, a demon Who knew and Doc the devil. was a comedian? Yeah. And I did that. <laughs> I did that for a couple of years. So I always loved gesturing and nice. then to hear your official. And it's, it's so cool. It's so great that's to have so you cool. over there. They have a bubbling again. Oh, that's, a, that's so good. So they have a. <laughs> Fool's Feast uh, on April 1st. So we go back. So when you're the fool, you just, so you come back and they have a fool's dinner where you become the king for the day and the lord of the castle becomes your jester. And wow. uh, oh, that's great. Biggest shout out to that man. Uh, he did The Ode to the Haggis uh, by Robert Burns, the, you know, the, the Scottish uh, poet, did in the <laughs> entire Ode to the Haggis with <laughs> uh with with movement with yeah right yeah. with eloquence it was, it was wow. eloquent. it was 
hilarious. It was so, so good. okay. So you win and you are the official gesture. So that's you. That's your prize as you will did they yes. you, do you get any like a, a anything else to memorialize this or? Uh, well you get, <laughs> you get the pay that tom fool got which no is way. a year <laughs> supply of beer no way nice nice five pounds of pepper <laughs> <laughs> what do you do with that <laughs> well in the 1500s you could do a lot yeah, yeah. yeah. pepper was expensive i was gonna say yeah. spices were money you spices could literally money. sell a tablespoon of peppercorn and get wow. everything you ever wanted wow and, uh, yeah and, and by the way pepper is really light so five pounds of it yeah is, uh, a lot i could just kind of imagine you with like this thing of black pepper that's <laughs> as tall as you are yeah, no scepter, like, no scepter. Uh, well, they well, so they have. So here's the interesting thing. If you want to look this up, uh, so Tom Fool, they have a portrait of him. It is the largest portrait of a non-noble person uh, during that time period in England because he actually he actually made very well for himself. Uh, he was he ended up being the steward of the castle. He was actually taking care of stuff. He was he was like big man on campus, and uh, he really wasn't a fool. <laughs> wise fool as they yeah. say there yeah, yeah. uh and uh and so he actually has this painting of him so it's a very famous uh, outfit that he has which is weird uh <laughs> like it's it's white and blue and yellow and it's these like checkerboard sort of thing crazy uh but if you look it up if you look up painting tom fool you'll i'm sure you'll get it how uh, cool but it's nice humongous painting and the funny thing is it's almost life-size it's it's like it's the painting is like six feet tall so it's almost a life-size picture of him on the table next to him is his will and it's the entire thing you can read it Oh my gosh. And it has the whole thing laid out. Wow. Like, so that nobody could be like, I have his real will. Uh, and then it says he has a copy painted with him. Oh, that's right. Like, <laughs> uh, no, you don't. Because it's right here. And it says you have to bring your own bee and bring your own beer to his funeral. It literally says that. It's hilarious. Wow. It's like, He's like, I'll provide some food. Here's this money set aside for my funeral, but you got to bring your own beer. So how does this, can I ask, because I've never won a year's worth of anything. Do they just like ship you like automatically beer or do you have like a card that you can use at a location? No, well, so they, they actually were like, if you like, if you, there was, there was a stack of beer. They were like, technically that's a year supply. Cause it was, cause it was like measured. You know, uh -huh. they were like, whatever, how many gallons of, uh, I can't, I can't remember how many exact gallons. <laughs> we're like, they're like, technically there's like 40 cases of beer. And, you know, like if you want to drink it, you can, you don't have to. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> like, cause I was like, I can only, I'm only going to be here for a week. And right. I, I was going to say, how do you bring that home? Like, <laughs> so, okay. uh, you know. Eventually, I I don't th I don't think I might not have drank a whole year supply of beer. The, wow! Because like because you come back, you know, it came back in April, came back uh, in some other times of the year. So I, yeah, I might have been shorted a few beers. I don't know. I'll find <laughs> but, uh, You're like, hey, what am I? Now I'm wondering. I'm wondering if he's related to Stingy Jack at all in Ireland. Ooh. Oh, Tom Foolery. Yeah. Tom, Tom Foolery. Yeah. I wonder if he's related to Stingy Jack at all. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But well, I mean, I don't know if Stingy Jack was was it is it confirmed that he's a real person? So, cuz I don't know. No, we just okay. talked about oh, so this recently. So he Zach, really so he really is a real you're yours a real person. I don't know if Stingy okay. Jack is a real person or not. No, yeah. it does not there's no confirmation if he's yeah. real. Uh but it's just kind of funny saying that I just think about we were talking about that 2 weeks ago. So, yeah. So and Jack or Lanterns. Yeah, there is yeah. there is real evidence that Tom Fool was a real person. Uh, Skelton was his actual name. So, uh, okay. but uh, 
but yeah, but, and then, so I, I don't know if, I don't know if, uh, if, if you heard the story that I told at, sometimes I tell the story at my show, sometimes it just depends on how much time. So the funny thing about Tom Fool is that, uh, he actually was involved in a few murders. He was, a oh bit- no. He was a bit murdery. Uh, oh, one, no. of his, uh, one of his jokes was tricking you to go down into the river where the uh, the the tidal river that the the difference between the high tide and low tide is thirty feet. Oh, and if you're in the marshland at low tide and you're way way out in the marshland, uh, it you that tide moves fast. Yeah, yeah, you're not getting back in time. And yeah, you can be like way out and suddenly. 30 feet of water rolls in on you and you drown. Wow. And oh my goodness. He used to do his thing where basically uh, I'll try to give you the best, the quickest, most concise story. But so as a jester, you're not, you're not, you don't have a rank in society, right? Okay. So there's, there's high ranking people, there's low ranking people, but you're a jester. You're over here. You're not really in society, which is good and bad. It means you can hang out with anybody in society, but also means that anyone can treat you badly because yeah. you're not, there's no, you're not, no, in the you're not in the hierarchy. Yeah. yeah. You're over here. You're, you know, so that means you can be treated like just, just a dog. And if you treated him very badly and then asked him how to get across the river. <laughs> Clever boy. Yeah. So he, so the, one of the quotes is like, you know, he, you know, he says, yeah, you just go down there with the swampy part and you just, you know, yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah. And the guy said, are you sure that doesn't look safe? Saw family. With young children, cross it this morning. <laughs> a family of ducks. Mm. Wah, wah. Yeah, he was and, a lion. <laughs> and that guy died. So, uh, so <laughs> he did that. He got some other. He hooked up. He he got befriended some knight, and then managed to convince the knight that this guy was sleeping with his girlfriend. And so, oh. knight stabbed that guy. Wow. Some double crossing. Drama city over there, man. Drama city. So, <laughs> yeah, man. so yeah, you know, it, it really reminds me of, you know, when I watch period dramas and stuff that that kind of um, backstabbing or, you know, ooh, it really happened. <laughs> oh, and wow. He, and he was dating a nun as he well. He was dating a oh. nun. <laughs> Just to catch the like, so because he it it seems to me my impression is that he really was like like poking the social structure of, yeah. of the society, and he's like, I'm just gonna date a nun. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> like, ah, uh, you can't date a nun. He's like, yeah, I can. Watch, <laughs> and like didn't... just just because he could prove it. Just yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm like sure it. he I'm sure he they, I'm sure they were very nice to each other. But yeah, he did his like. <laughs> Yeah, oh All right, so I'm going to bring it back to D and D. Yes, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm going to bring us back to D and D for a bit. So let me ask you. I know in the old rules, second edition, somewhere along the line, Dragon Magazine put in a jester as a character. Five mm-hmm. E doesn't actually have a jester. Have Have you homebrewed a jester, or do you think there's a place for a jester in a D and D game? Well- uh, and I would okay. Well, I'll let uh, you answer that, but I'm also going going to posit what would be the difference between a jester and a bard. In five. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. So, well, I'm so glad you asked. Okay. Uh, that's that's fine. Interjection. That's fine. I am working on uh, an entire circus group of bard subclass. Uh, wow. so oh, interesting. Basically, basically, it's basically all of my performer friends at Ren Fairs. <laughs> yes. How cool. Uh, so you know, focusing on acrobat skills and juggling and doing all those things. 
Uh, so there's it's it's in the works. It's gonna be out at Gen Con. Um, nice, so, uh, nice. Yeah, so, uh, so you're doing, you doing a you're doing yes. a Kickstarter or anything? Or there will be a Kickstarter. Yes. Nice, nice. That's still, an awesome idea. They'll put it all together. Still in the, uh, but uh, but yeah. So the thing. Ooh, that is a great. Okay, that's a great question and comes up with it touches on so many little pet peeves of mine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, partially about well i guess it's not about bards so much as like the language skills in dungeons dragons i'm like i'm all about people learning tons of skills but like i happen to know that it's really hard to learn another language and another language (laughs) and then but also i really enjoyed (laughs) like okay so i also perform in the czech republic my czech is terrible I know, I know maybe 12 words in Czech mm-hmm. and, but being entertaining while also only knowing those few words, you know, that's goes that's, a long way. That's my performance skill. Yeah. But I still had to learn those 12 words. So, and, and I, and I have to take this, like, even when I was in like high school taking language classes, I, I actually, so, all right, back it up even <laughs> further. So, uh, of course, I played first edition Dungeons & Dragons. And then okay. I modified Dungeons & Dragons so much that when second edition came out, I looked at it and went, well, I already changed all these rules. So I didn't need to play second edition. Right, right. And okay, because, I know where you're at. Because yep. everyone was playing my campaign anyway. Right. We were just, we're just going to keep playing. Third edition came out. Oh, yeah, I already changed all these rules. <laughs> we're going to still play my Dungeons & Dragons. Which, which had modified so far away from first edition anyway, that first edition was mostly guideline. Right. And then there were- Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So 3.5 comes out, 4 comes out. I don't even care. Yeah. But I finally switched to 5e because that is what, that's what the kids are playing. So, <laughs> um, so I guess, but, but I had, my, I had, I mean, I, I almost feel like, oh, I should have just made my own role play game, but um because I like I had language point. I was gonna say, where, can you still not? I mean, now's the time. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so it's like, and I'm not. It's like I am by far the person who does not care about rules. Yeah. But at the same time, there's like I think that you shouldn't necessarily be fluent in a language, but you can know a language. Know a language. Yeah. That's interesting. And, yeah, I like and it. So like, if you're an elf, you speak Elvish fluently, and also partially because this I, I feel makes more role playing action like makes more mm-hmm. tension yeah i'm gonna roll into a city and i speak i speak uh a dwarven but i'm not a dwarf yeah like well that's not gonna fluent. be like dwarves will like you for speaking their language and if you're good at it then they'll right. even like you even more mm-hmm. and but if you know hey well he speaks a few words so like i literally had scaled languages so like you had to get four you had to spend four language points to get proficient mm-hmm. so Back in first edition, of course, like if you had a really high intelligence, you could get 11, 11 languages. And I was like, those are 11 language points. Yeah. And nice. so, so that, you know, third is like, I'm fluent, but people are going to know that I'm not an elf. Right. But four is like, I speak with an elvish dialect <laughs> that other elves would be surprised that I was not yeah. an actual elf. So yeah. where you might not speak as many languages as say, a wizard with an 18 intelligence is going to speak a 12 languages. I was like, I'm going to come change that. So um, likewise, the bard class, which allows you to be fluent in three musical instruments at first level and four, if you take entertainer background. And I'm like, I call BS on that. (laughs) (laughs) Shenanigans. He's called shenanigans. I have been hacking my way at guitar for 25 years. (laughs) Yeah. 
I'm, I still suck. Okay. So, <laughs> but so I feel there are levels that we can take with these, which will, again, I'm not trying to make, I'm not trying to make the game hard on players, mm-hmm. but I'm trying to make it more interesting because, right. and again, you know, like I'm, I'm one of the fail forward kind of uh, yes. games, you know, where it's like, yeah, you, you try to fail forward. You yeah, don't lean, just... lean into the failure. Cause they're more fun. Yeah. Oh, well, Paula, I, I, you're absolutely right. A miss, uh, like a missaid language in Dwarven, you may, it could lead to something hilariously happening oh, absolutely. in the town yeah. and it could be so much fun. Yeah. I think it's great. I think and, it's so cool. Yeah. So, so with that, well, I guess with that in mind, this is where I'm, I'm taking my my cues here so like you know you have an acrobacy uh, acrobat uh, acrobatics acrobatics <laughs> skill how many points acrobat. in english do you have yeah well <laughs> i can't spell restaurant yeah. in any language now because restaurant is restaurant in many many languages but they all spell them differently oh, yeah. so, oh god so like i, I just I quit no spelling idea. it right i have no idea <laughs> restaurante restaurantcha <laughs> restaurant uh Restaurant, uh, Francais, oh. you know, like I can't, but one uses an I, one uses a U. Yeah, I can't yeah. spell it in any language. So don't <laughs> spell anything now. I'm, I'm lost. So yeah, but um, yeah. So don't so worry, your phone will get that for you. The, yeah, the, yeah, exactly. The, yeah. Oh man. Could you do, could you imagine just doing a whole show where you're just talking through your phone and like letting it translate for you? <laughs> so, so I'm very excited about your, uh, your, your bard subclasses. That yeah. sounds like a yeah. great, yeah. A great idea. Yeah. I'm, I'm writing it. Ba- it's based on, it's based on Muncaster. Uh, it's based on like, uh, basically it's like, here's this, a scenario where they all go to the the jester competition but it's expanded i mean yeah. in in the dnd world it's going to be expanded so you can you don't have to be a bard uh but you can be like right. there'll, there'll be archery tournaments and uh jousting tournaments so everybody every class can actually partake Get in this involved. festival yeah. so the scenario is the festival but then i've got all these bard subclasses that'll go in there that's a great idea too yeah a whole yeah. festival scenario instead oh, yeah. of an adventure yeah i like that i just love it because i mean especially with 5e where i feel like everything's so watered down that the bard like and, and with so many new players who haven't been exposed to the different ways that you could play a bard everybody's just singing or right. or you know playing a version of scanlan and <laughs> so it's like there's so much you could do with it like you could you know use your body movement and be like a dancing bard or like a chef bard or i don't know like there's so many things right. it's all about performance yeah yeah everyone and... has a storytelling yeah. bard yeah yes. so i i'm really excited about that as well yeah. that. Yeah. i yeah it's, it's on, all yeah. about that and then also well and there's we're, we're doing uh so basically you know you can go to the festival and the idea is that probably if you do it as a one shot, everybody makes a bard, but you can, you can, you can specialize in different little things. But then there's also the, like the bard off. So you can, you can do a show <laughs> against each other. Yeah. Uh, there's also like the heckle, the hall of heckling where, you know, it's like a comic stand up comedy, but the audience is full of bards. And so they're all going to like heckle you and try <laughs> to like, you can, like take the stage from the other person. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a whole big thing. And then of course, if you if you go find Tom Fool's uh, crib, then you can possibly ask him for you know some help, and uh, he might send you on some extra quests. Wow! That, uh, that some of them actually, some of them are completely fanciful uh, that we've I've made up. Some of them are actually like little bits of history from the local area that are turned into D and D adventures. So so you'll just have to 
read it and find out which one's which. So cool. <laughs> very cool. Very, 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 very cool. <laughs> <laughs> Hey there, folks. We're going to take a quick break from our tabletop talk show. Stick around because we've got some amazing treats in store for you. The break is also a great time to show your support. Like and subscribe. It means the world to us. So hang tight and stay with us because we'll be back before you know it to continue our topic of discussion. All right, this is the moment, boys. We're going to decide whose seal gets launched today. Angel, proceed. Um, I present to you the seal. It's, it's cute, it's cuddly, it flips, it flops. It's just an all-around good-time boy. You just want to give them little scritch scratches, and they just fly around, fluting and tooting. It can rip. It also dips into the water, flipping around. They're fun. I love them. You're going to love them. Kids love them. They're trainable. Look at that cute little tootsies on them. And, yeah. And you know what we say to dogs of the sea? Dog, yeah. An amazing pitch, Angel. Peter. Let me break this down for you. The ocean isn't scary enough. War every day. Sharks are out there unopposed. And sure, orcas are kind of cute, but we need something fucking up the sharks. What if we made like a sea beast with like, like a rabid dog and a snake and a hog and another hog Two hogs. and it's out there hunting the sharks every single day. War, sleep, war, sleep, war, sleep, war, sleep, war, sleep. All right, I've got it. I've made up my mind. Seals will be cute. Yes! But... Shit! They will be hunted mercilessly by sharks, or tooth tubes, or whatever we're gonna call them. Yes! But... Shit! They will never, ever fight back. My poor fellas. I win, both of you lose. God does it again. Launch it. I just don't like your vibe. Why? I mean, look at you. We're literally dressed exactly the same. Why are you always making me climb in the smallest of places? Well, Jared, this is the best way to get to the podcast that we need to steal this week. It's always like we do every week on Mondays. Mondays, every Monday, religiously. Sometimes I wish we could just walk through the door, but yeah, every Monday on where? Where do they find it? On yeah, I mean on Spotify, Apple, anywhere you can find podcasts. That's where we are. I get so hot in these vents. I think they have the heater on. Oh, Jeremy, don't move. Oh. Oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, just, oh, 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 <laughs> Michael and Jeremy steal your podcast every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts and stuff. We're going to take your podcast and we're going to do it better, faster, stronger, hornier. Yes. In an hour or more. <laughs> Sometimes. Oh, look! It's this guy. Ah, yeah. I have no idea who that is. 
You know, the one that does all the monologues. Oh, yeah! Jerry! Look at him. He is itching to start talking. I bet he's going to say something like, It's too late! The ritual is complete! Yeah, like, My reign is inevitable! Oh, you worship me and despair! I'm gonna kill every orphan and then suck out the marrow from their femur bones! That's a little far, don't you think? Sorry, I got a little caught up in the moment. Well, come on. Aren't you gonna monologue at us? Yeah, use those words, magic man. No. Um, I think I left my hamster in the oven. Ha! Got you! Who's number one? I'm number one. You thought you were the strongest, but who's laughing now? It's me! <laughs> you! Laugh at her! <laughs> I've been waiting for this for a long time now. Yes, Bartholomew Beelzebub Ezekiel Grub. This is the best day of your life! <sighs> now what? You know any jokes? Oh, I know one. Why does an adventuring party always keep a necromancer around? Cause they're the life of the party! Ah, oh, you're no fun. You know, if Avandra was still here, she'd be laughing hysterically. If she was still here. Do you think that was too easy? I mean, she was alive and then she was dead. Didn't really give her a chance to fight back. Doesn't feel earned. I thought I'd feel different after defeating my nemesis after all this time. Been waiting so long, and now it's just a bit... anticlimactic. What if we gave her another chance? I mean, killed her again, but fair and square. Maybe then I'd feel better. What? I'm just trying to give her the best opportunity to defend herself, so that it feels like I've really won. Oh, don't give me that. It's not like I miss her or anything. Okay, fine! So what if I do? But if you tell anyone, I'll kill you. Again. Like, we undead you, ununded, uh, unanimate, I'm alive. You know what I mean! No, I really feel like I've... What's the word? That's the one. Have blacked out or something. Oh no! Uh, you survived my ultimate attack! Oh, you were so much stronger than I thought! I, I am? I, uh, of course I am! Oh, well, please don't hurt me! Right. My turn. Mm -hmm. oh, oh, mommy! <laughs> yes! Hard up. Ooh. Oh. Oh. Ooh. Oh, thank God you're alive. Yes. Hard up, mommy. <laughs> oh, you know what he would say right now? He'd be like, please like and subscribe to the channel. <laughs> He'd also be like, oh, subscribe to our Patreon. We need money. Yeah. <laughs> That's bear, my <icon. laughs>
Yeah, what do you say now? What about that? He'd be like, he'd be like, oh, I don't get paid enough for this. I'm a real actor. <laughs> yeah, let's go. What a loser. I'm Tyrell Lincoln. I'm the number one up and coming square dance DJ in the nation. I was hoping I could come up there and try my skills with you. This is this is the spot we have. I've never seen a DJ. Here. Uh, you guys don't you guys don't have DJs, man? No, no. no. All right, you have a good one. Thank you. Good luck out there, man. services for, for free and you know I, I was hoping to spill a little bit of flavor in here so you know what you get uh to be honest with you man we haven't had a dj since i've worked here and i don't think that owners are planning on it like so it's more because we're more of a restaurant you know what i mean so realistically it's kind of like we shut down a tent and stuff like that and it it's never been a conversation Okay, man. Well, let me. Uh, well, I'm, I'm still gonna, you know, spit a little bit of flavor in your ear. So hopefully, you can, you can, you know, pass it along to him. That hey, this guy's really dope. You know what I'm saying? Put a little bit of fantasy in it. I try to, I try to mix my own stuff. And while you might not, you know, book me now or maybe ever, hopefully you can. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's like <laughs> grab that dragon, do si do. Watch out for the fireballs, though. <laughs> Swing your partner. Know what I mean? Watch out for the goddamn winch. You know what I'm saying? It's just little shit like that that I put over a beat and I and I and I get it handled. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I, I totally know what you mean, man. But like I said, unfortunately here we're more of a restaurant and like we really just don't have any need for a DJ. But so it's like you know, there, there, you would need space to work and people to dance and stuff like that. And we just got a lot of table space. You know what I mean? Okay, well I appreciate it, homie. Absolutely, man. You have a good one. Do you have to defend your title like in the following year? 
No, no. So the nice thing is, is that once you're a fool, you are always a fool. Okay. You do all of the official duties for the whole year. And then the next year, you actually emcee the competition. Okay. So so it's like Miss America. You know, once you're Miss America, you're always a Miss America. Got it. They actually actually have a tree. uh, And this is so crazy. There's a chestnut tree. It is over 500 years old. It is the tree that Tom Fool used to sit under and, and tell people to go take a walk in the <laughs> right, right. Uh, and so they, this, and this tree is huge. It's gorgeous. Uh, they take nuts from that tree and plant more trees. So there is a jester tree for each of the winners. Whoa. There's a whole, there's a so row. you're going to have your own tree. Yes. So there's, there's a row of of uh trees that's really like, cool too apparently that's uh that's my retirement plan is to have a tree <laughs> a tree <laughs> you're gonna, just gonna sit there and tell people, and to tell walk people to go. swamps. <laughs> that's so cool so, so yeah that's i think that's honestly like that is kind of what i feel is like the coolest part of this legacy is that like there's actually going to be a tree with my name on it like and that and again tom fool's tree is over 500 years old yeah so wow. in year 25 yeah just You'll have an old tree. That's oh, no, that's some weird name. American guy. So you know <laughs> about that. You know because they they have all the whole list of jesters and they have. You know, so yeah, that's awesome. I love so, it. Yes. I love it. Is there a place for jesters in uh, in Dungeons and Dragons Five E? Yes. Yes. Uh, subclass. Maybe have to tweak it up a bit. <laughs> Absolutely. You, yes, because because yeah, it's all about musical instruments. You're like mm, there's more magical musical instruments. You're just like yeah. I'm just well, saying. And then, well, and it's not just about because you do a lot of other things, don't you? Yeah, I'd like to hear about this. All right. Uh, Amber, you you set up this list. So do you have any you'd like to ask about first? Well, let's see here. I see here that you do juggling, knife throwing, fire eating, unicycling, comedy, and then MC. Just right. to name a few of the accolades. Um, I mean, I've, I I don't know that there's a lot of story in juggling unless you want to tell me about it. But I am very curious about knife throwing. How do you? Oh, yeah. uh, because I'm trying to imagine how do you practice knife throwing? And are there like accidental? Oops! I need to take you to the hospital. Like, how do you? How do you? How does that work? That's hilarious. <laughs> the the knife throwing show that I used to do is called Oops Comedy Knife Throwing Show. <laughs> <laughs> so. It's, uh, yeah, well, so knife throwing, uh, again, all right, and not to be like a, mm-hmm. you know, like, it's, it's like, it, it, there is a, there's a certain enjoyment of having people who have knowledge about, like, certain instruments and things or, or tools and go, yeah, you know, that kind of sword isn't, the, well, you know, whatever. Uh, sometimes it gets a little bit too pedant, uh, but it's like, you know, I play D&D with the, some of the jousters from the Renaissance Fair, and so when you go... I'm riding my horse and I'm going to lean down and pick up the the thing at full speed. And then yeah. I'm going to, and I'm going to put, and, and, and they'll go, hey, what arm are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to fly, buddy. I'm going to tell you right now that without magic, that is physically impossible because <laughs> I've tried to do it and it doesn't work. You know, so, so sometimes that works, but so, uh, so I just, so I'm starting all of that to say, there's a big difference between a knife that is meant to be thrown and ah. then say a dagger that is okay. not really meant to be thrown at all. And, okay. And so there are special knives that are meant to be thrown, uh, that are balanced, weighted. They're great. And they're terrible to use for stabbing something. Really? Oh yeah. 
Why, why not, is that? They're not balanced. They're not okay. weighted. And the blades are, are either uh, like hardened steel in the wrong way to not be a good stabby stab. Okay. Uh, they're, they're meant to be thrown and then take that shock uh, as opposed to like trying to actually like use it as a dagger. Um, okay. So, so it kind of, to me, I'm interpreting this as like spoons and forks are utensils, but spoon will get your soup fork won't right right <laughs> okay right. So, and you can try to throw a dagger at somebody but it might it won't spin the same way that a throwing knife will you'll still okay. hit somebody <laughs> nobody ever <laughs> nobody likes being hit by a piece of metal right like, right right you may not stab them with the knife but you will hit you know <laughs> like so Right. I was going to say, so when you are trying to learn this skill, mm. do you have to just like convince someone to like, you'll be fine. I'm just learning. Start off with not having anyone there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can, uh, you can usually, what you do is you'll, you'll start off with targets. So you're, you're aiming for a specific spot, right? Got it. Uh, and so then you're just, and you just literally, <laughs> so, so the person you're going to throw at knows, you know, how to hit a target. Right. Right. Okay. So then, right. so then when you put somebody up there, you're not aiming for the person you're aiming <laughs> right. for the target, the, the target. spot here and the spot, yeah. and these, the spots over here. Um, but first remove the person. <laughs> <laughs> then, so how about, oh, how yeah. about fire eating? When yes. did you pick up? fire eating like uh i think back I, in college uh so yeah i was like 19 years old and uh now i went to college so long ago that there was no you googly and there was no <laughs> uh there was no learning everything on youtube yeah uh, we had a book about fire eating from like the 1800s wow. which by the way was not entirely correct <laughs> <laughs> it needed some updating <laughs> are you serious yeah. where'd you get this book from uh, my friend had it. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, and, and we were all, we had, you know, jugglers. And this is a, I mean, again, this is why I love the idea of like the barred colleges too, because the jugglers are a weird kind of group of like, I'm going to try to do this. Thing. <laughs> I'm going to balance a stick <laughs> on my head with a ball on the end of it. Mm-hmm. It's completely useless skill until that day when bouncing a ball it. on that, you know, on a stick on your chin somehow becomes very important. Yeah. <laughs> You know, so it's so like you get this group of people who are like, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to jump on a pogo stick and do six hula hoops while juggling five balls. Like, <laughs> but now, but now you, in, you insinuated that your friends and you guys were already like doing some traveling performers at 19. That's well, we were, we were learning the skill. Ah, I mean, okay. I have to say, uh, you know, back then I probably spent almost 40 hours a week uh, juggling and, okay. you know, just like, it was my job. Like it was my really job yeah. doing it. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I almost want to take this back a little further. Like at what point? Okay. So, so you're already, at, I'm not going to say like a nerdy kid, but you know, you've got your brother oh, was. or whoever who <laughs> was, was in D&D. You, you get pulled into D&D. At what point are you like, I want to learn how to juggle. I want to add on to that. At what point do you, like kids always say like, I'm going to run away. I want to join a circus, right. but you really did like, Oh, don't join the circus. Like, how did how did this so, all come about? Uh, that's a really and it's a really great and very strange uh, story. So you probably won't believe this. My uncle. OK. Was the boss clown from Burnham Bailey Circus. Uh, what? Yeah, back in the 80s. Really? And uh, so I'll just say that I was only I was only 10 when he was out there. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, I wasn't even 10, actually. So it was like mid 80s. Uh, and he was traveling the world. So not only was so. Barnum Bailey has two, had two, yeah, blue and red unit. And then when they took the best of the best, they formed the gold unit. 
And that unit would go and do like world traveling. They go to Japan, they do all these things. Wow. Uh, so he was the boss clown of the gold unit, you know? So like when cool. he was pretty good. And so at a very young age, I, I knew that this could be a job. Like you you're like, wait, he's traveling right. all over the world. He's going to Japan. Right. Like, I right. want to go to Japan. That sounds so cool. Uh, and that you could do this as a as a job. Uh, I didn't quite understand the nuances. Uh, mm -hmm. But then, so then at about 12, I started to learn to juggle. And I learned to juggle, weirdly, not from my uncle, who was traveling the world, uh, but from my older brother's buddy, who could juggle. Uh-huh. And, and I was like, and being 12, I said, I can do that. And then they <laughs> went, prove it. And then I couldn't. And then, so then I ran to my room and I taught myself to juggle. And it took me a week. <laughs> <laughs> but you did it but you i was it. 12 and determined so right, and, right. and i came out of my room a week later and went see i can do it just like i said <laughs> uh, yeah i was i was a jerk anyway so but uh but yeah so then i uh, you know you you start to juggle and then you kind of just you start to do more and you start to do more juggling you, know, you start to i'll do four now i'll do five now i want to do clubs now i do ring and then i got all those all right i want to do torches i'll do knives you know start going to the danger stuff um so somewhere between there and there, uh, yeah, we we made our torches. Okay, you're gonna love this. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> so we reading this book from the late 1800s about how to <laughs> magic fire. fire. <laughs> we have this tome. Listen, these are, this is a magical tome, people. This, this is for real, right? No, no Google search is gonna get you this. <laughs> And we're like, yeah, so we're, we're following the instructions, what we think are the instructions, right? So we're like, okay, we make these torches, fire reading torches. And I'll just say, kids, don't, don't do this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. thank you. Caveat. <laughs> have, okay. have somebody trained who understands what they're doing. Don't, don't make your own torches. You're going to, anyway, because this is the story. So me and my two friends, uh, Clinton and Elmer, his real name, Elmer. Uh, okay. and, and we, okay, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Okay. Who's going to go first? <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> so uh, I think we drew straws and Elmer uh, drew the short straw. So he he takes takes the torch, lights it. Like, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to do it. <laughs> and, and he's holding it over his head, which is the proper technique, right? Straight up. You know, the fire goes up. Fire goes mm -hmm. up. Heat rises. Right, oh, right. Okay, and, okay. And he's bringing it closer and closer to his mouth. The human body, for the most part, or actually the brain, has a uh, has a thing that stops you from being self-destructive most of the time. Uh, and you actually have to train your body to actually put fire in your mouth because it just stops you. It, it literally will block you from doing wow. self-harm. Mm -hmm. And it like, and he's like, <laughs> and, and we're like, we're looking, and you're like, we're there and he's there and he's, and, and, he was, and he's like, I can't. And he's got his mouth open. And then the entire wick slid off the, uh. the metal rod because we did not make our torches properly, people. Uh. Okay. <laughs> because we got our book from the 1800s. That this is how you do it. That wick flaming ball of fire slid right into his mouth. Oh my God. <laughs> his eyes got this big. <laughs> Uh, and fortunately, he did not panic. He closed his mouth, uh -huh. which put out the fire. That's fire, right? Okay. Now. He never ate fire again. Oh, he didn't. <laughs> I was gonna say, did you guys have any precautions? Like, did you have a bucket of water? Yeah, but I we guess had you like a. 
Well, we realized that like we had a fire extinguisher, but I'm like, this one's your like, mouth? Like, <laughs> am I gonna just like jam it in there and like hope that works? I don't oh know. Oh my gosh. So, uh, yeah. So, oh. yeah. so wait, that's how you started fire eating, but it says you do it in your shows. So somewhere you made it. Yeah. So somewhere between that and that, uh, we didn't learn our lessons. Myself and uh, my other my other friend Clinton. We were un, undogged and like uh, we were. We're gonna do this. Our, you yeah. used up the rest of your homemade torches. Yes. So we were like, <laughs> we should we should use a threaded rod so that the thread holds ah. better. So we we went back to the drawing board, remade torches, <laughs> MythBusters. They were MythBusters. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> we used one with the non-slidey wick option, and, uh, and then we we slowly learned taught ourselves to eat fire under our own. You know, we had got a water blanket and like just in case, but yeah. Now, so, so you were doing Diablo at the last show. Oh, yes. Is that, have you done Diablo for a while? Oh Wait, yeah. What's Diablo? Di- so, Di- so it's Diabolo. Yeah, oh, I'm Diabolo. saying it wrong. Okay, I was okay. saying it wrong. Diablo is of course. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, wait, sorry. isn't that a game? Okay. Yes. Uh, and, uh, but so it's Diabolo. So weirdly, uh, so it is a giant, it looks like a big giant uh, yo-yo. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so it is, so Diabolo weirdly, okay. It is invented in China 5,000 years ago. That's the earliest record we have of it. However, diabolo is actually a Greek word, and it kind of means to throw in like a art, right? Uh, uh-huh. And so I have this whole, th- sometimes I haven't figured, I don't, I don't, it's like, I, I don't know what I've said in my show that you heard that I- It doesn't matter. No one, no one here heard. The jokes up, but I do a whole big thing about like, I have no idea why, how the Greeks managed to put their word <laughs> on a 5,000 year old Chinese toy. Right. And it's like, I don't know, like maybe in China, this guy's like, ooh, I just made this like 5,000 years ago, right? He's like, yeah, I just made this. What do you want to call it? I don't know. What do you want to call it? And then there's some Greek guy standing there going, you could always call it a Diabolo. <laughs> <laughs> and like they look at him going, what are you doing in China? <laughs> it's it's 3000 BC. And he goes, why are we speaking English? <laughs> That's amazing. So it's, you know, but yeah, so weirdly... Chinese it's a yo-yo. it's it's a big yo-yo on like a string and you have sticks and you kind of manipulate it on the string yeah and you but get it spinning and then you could like launch it in the air and it goes Woo, up wow okay and okay. i had never seen one before until i visited barcelona i had never ever seen before um and that's why i was very impressed when i saw you i was like oh my god all of america has no idea what he's doing right here what reminds me of this story so i'm in germany at a tiny medieval festival i'm i'm doing my show in german i'm this is one of the like first few times, right? And so I don't know if I have my German right or not. If you know German, it's got three thes, right? There's D, der, das, right? So there's there's the masculine the, the feminine the, and the neuter the, right? So I had learned, and I had asked some German performers. I said, "Is it der Diablo? What does you guys call it a Diablo?" And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, it's der Diablo." Okay, great. So I'm doing my show. Ich habe der Diablo, blah 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 blah. And this guy in the audience goes. Uh, it's a D Diablo. So he's correcting my German to say it's uh-huh. the feminine the or yeah, you know. and uh, and I was like, oh, well, okay, I'm sorry, I oh shoot, and uh, you know, so oh, have a D Diablo. Blah, blah. This guy on the other side of the audience goes, uh, yeah, actually, you were right the first time. Uh, it's <laughs> Diablo. Somehow they become part of your show. <laughs> and and I was like, oh, oh, okay, um, all right, these two guys. <laughs> 
get into an argument <laughs> because they know that my German is bad. They have their argument in English. So you can partake. Basically just for me so that I get German audience. Of course, um, yeah, most people, most Germans actually speak English pretty good. So, But yeah. they literally had their argument in German. The guy's like, uh, yeah, okay. Actually, I teach German to Germans. And I just, I, you know, we happen to know that this is dead. Yeah. And the other guy goes, <laughs> the other guy pulls the ace card and he goes, I am actually on the committee that brings foreign words into the German language. <laughs> and we vote on which one it's going to be. It is a Diablo. And like, and, and like the whole audience like, ooh. Oh. Mm, Are like, you still performing while this oh, is going I'm, on? I'm literally, I'm just standing there with like the sticks and I'm like, <laughs> like, um, and I was like, okay, guys, hey, if you guys can't, don't know what it is, how am I ever going to learn how to, can we just, <laughs> just I'm just going to skip this. And I think, like, I, I just put it down. We just moved on to something else. So, oh, that's um, but fantastic. That, that, that got the audience to back into the thing. Cause it was just like. <laughs> We're going to have an international incident here. <laughs> oh, man. So the Apollo I... show is great. It's just hilarious. Go ahead, Amber. Well, I just wanted to ask because I'm still trying to imagine like young you trying to juggle and fire to now. Did you ever like, you know, do your time like working at McDonald's or did you just go straight into like you're always you've always done this? Yeah, I mean, I worked I worked at Wendy's. OK. At Arby's. <laughs> I even waited tables at Olive Garden. OK. Uh, but then but I have to say, like I was in hilariously, I, you know, I was I was just getting out of college and we had uh, promoted ourselves to a bunch of different uh, theme parks. And so me and I had a juggling partner. And so we got, we started doing theme parks pretty much right out of college. Oh. And then, uh, and then I had a friend of mine who was not even kidding. I was 25 and they were like, so you, you play D and D all the time and you're, <laughs> and you're a comedy juggler. You, why aren't you working at the Renaissance fair? And I was like, what's a Renaissance fair? Oh my goodness. Oh, wow. <laughs> So they actually took me to the Maryland Fair, uh, which is the first Renaissance Fair I ever went to. Maryland is a fantastic, beautiful fair. The buildings are gorgeous. The whole place is amazing. Uh, and then I was like, oh, wow. Oh, why, <laughs> how did I not know about this? Like, yeah, I had already, you know, I'd been, I performed at the Kennedy Center. I'd performed, like, we, oh I'd already gosh. played those amazing festivals, amazing things. And I'm like, how did I not ever know that Ren Fairs existed? Like, how come none of my D&D friends mentioned this at all? Right. And uh, they were just like, what are you, what are you wasting your time doing all these other things? Why aren't you at the Ren Fair? So wow. I found the Ren Fair. Eye opener. I just dug right in because I was like, oh yeah, this is the kind of like comedy. There's a lot of different styles. Again, this is this is why I'm working on these bard characters because there's there's even different styles of juggling entertainment because really? you can do like, we call it the Vegas show, Cirque du Soleil show, where you, and even Cirque du Soleil is a little bit different as well. But it's like, you you play the music and you just blast out a bunch of tricks, like a yeah. you know, mind boggling six minute routine and you're just... <laughs> Right. Yeah. Or there's the more vaudevillian, which is the like, I'm going to talk to the audience and I'm going to do some tricks. And, Draw them and, into a story. Yeah. And yeah. and it's, you know, some of them will be very good tricks, but at the same time, you're more relying on your performance of talking rather than yeah. the performance of just like sheer juggle skill. Yeah. You know? So fortunately, wow. as a juggler, you have that option. Unlike, say, like a trapeze artist who can't really talk to the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> Like, hey guys. And I'm spinning. Yeah. <laughs> For my next trick, hey, let me tell you about the time that I was in. Anyway, yeah, now, so. now, I know you have a lot of audience participation with your show. Have you seen that dynamic change? Like you just talk about the two German guys that just start having an argument 
mm-hmm. has it turned you know especially after the big will smith slap and comedians are talking about uh oh. it's not so easy to do things people are like responding differently have you seen anything like that uh, uh well you know i fortunately because i i mean i have a pg rated show for the most part i can do risque stuff i do i do some burlesque shows i do vaudeville comedy cabaret stuff but for the most part renaissance fairs they have to be kind of pg so yeah. uh so i i stay in that zone i and <clears throat> while so i don't I don't drop F-bombs. Right, right. But, I mean, you saw the show. There's there's some hints of political intrigue. Uh, <laughs> right, like, right. We go into voting, and uh, <laughs> they're voting for which apple or which which uh, object i should juggle should eat it, um, and then you know and it's uh you know so so i can i do i don't know i like to think that mine is a little bit more uh risque in that regard whereas like i have had fairs go you can't say the orange is a horrible horrible thing and should be destroyed because they think you're talking about the president and i go oh i was <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should, you know. uh, uh, but yeah. you know, no, I was talking about this orange. orange <laughs> this orange. orange, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Um, you know, so like, I, I usually tend to go in that direction, and not so much in the like. Uh, I, I just don't do like. And then I'm gonna say, everyone there is in good spirits. No one's really against you, right? Yeah. Right. Everyone's in the right frame of mind, so, except some of the drunks, yeah. maybe. The big thing that I have noticed, and, and kind of getting back to D and D, is that 20 years ago, when I first started doing Ren Fair, I could throw down a Dungeons and Dragons joke, and most of the people at the Ren Fair would get it because that group, the group of people that go to the, fair, you know, like 33 percent of that audience was a solid D and D group, right? And and I could throw in a D and D joke, and then kill. Now you remember 20 years ago, the before time, I was there, Gandalf. I was there thousand <laughs> years ago. <laughs> uh world of warcraft everquest these online role-playing games that oh, yeah. are just foundational right mm-hmm. now and everyone started playing those games and they started getting away from dungeons and dragons and i have a very controversial opinion about fourth edition but we'll talk about that in a sec okay um, so everyone started playing world of warcraft and i'd throw out a DD joke nobody laughed throw out a world of warcraft joke people yeah. get it so the the audience was changing not just just they weren't playing DD. They were not. They were still into the fantasy. They were still into the games. They were not playing D anD D. And now, now the jokes come back. It has obviously, obviously, like you know, critical role. uh, Yeah. All the people who are now openly admitting, all those people openly admitting, Vin Diesel. Yeah. Right. Right. All all these people. Sure. Yeah. Of course. You know. Of course, I play D anD D. Of course. Of course. Uh, And of course, it just has skyrocketed. So now. I was like, wait a minute. I bet I can throw a DD joke in there and people will get it. And it was like, oh, it's on fire now. Okay, great. Awesome. Because that's what, that's, those are my people. Yeah. So, right. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so I don't know if you'd like to hear my very controversial opinion about fourth edition. Please. No, go please. ahead. This, it's called the game for a reason. The Aaron, go ahead. Let's yeah. hear it. You know, if, and, and I have to say, Russell really wanted to be with us. Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry. So, yeah. so he has a very, he, he's always has his, what is it called? Russell's. Uh, unsolicited opinion. So Thank you. you. I was going to say this reminds me of. You can be Russell's right. unsolicited so, opinion tonight. You might, you might lose a lot of people right here on this, but. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, nope. So as someone who like, literally I stayed out of the whole argument the whole time because I didn't change. You know, I would play, if I was going to play right. with somebody else's game, sure, I'd play whatever edition they're playing. Um, but if it was like, I oh, we're just going to play my game. Yeah. 
I still just have the same book. Uh, and uh, so because of the change in the gaming world, right? 3.5, right? A great, a great edition, right? But all these people are playing video games and they're now that's what they're used to. Yeah. And so fourth edition was that it was the literal like, it was the... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a video game. We're going to get the gamers who play online games and video games to come down and sit down and basically play a video game at the table. And that's what fourth edition is. Yeah. It's literally the uh, gateway drop. <laughs> and it's like, hey, hey, everyone, we, you can have the same experience, but... The difference is the NPCs have more than four different lines mm -hmm. and, you know, and you can go way off road and people are like, oh, you know, and I, I feel like like that fourth edition was the thing that pulled people back in who weren't oh, really? going to play d, d Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, see, that feels very different than my experience because fourth yeah. edition pushed everyone I knew away. <laughs> because they were gamers oh, of the before times. Right. That makes sense now. Okay, I see your every, logic. Every gamer hated fourth edition because yeah. it wasn't, because it, it wasn't. It yeah. wasn't. It was everything it that they didn't want. I would, I, like, there's no way you could get me to play fourth edition. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, I missed I missed all of that. I missed, yeah, I, I missed I bypassed fourth edition fourth. completely. I missed it. <laughs> but because the I mean I I read it through it and I was like, this is almost war game. This is mm -hmm. almost a war game. Like back, you know, and it was like, but I didn't I didn't understand that. Of course, I was I was in the hater club as well. Mm -hmm. And when fifth edition came out, it was like, oh, mm -hmm. you said, Hey everyone, come sit down to this table. Let me show this game. And then and then as people went, Oh, you you can have like a weird, crazy interaction with the the shopkeeper huh that's fun hey this yeah. is kind of cool oh you think that's cool eh let me <laughs> show you what dungeons and dragons is really about and then they got <laughs> slapped down fifth edition and then everyone was like oh okay cool and so that was the compromise between 3.5 <clears throat> and all the other editions and fourth yeah. edition is to yeah. say we want to keep all these people here because everybody's having fun mm -hmm. and now we want to kind of bring it back around which maybe it hasn't come all the way the rules haven't caught up with the old timer gamers who are just like me, you know, yeah. and, and, and the new, the new game. Well, yeah. I think, I think the other thing they did with 5e, cause you're an old time gamer, you would sit there with your microscope and your pencil and try to fit everything on your character sheet in the little boxes that they had for the little sections, man, they made that a dynamic template. I mean, yeah. Hey, that, that, that was really the buy-in for me playing fifth edition. It's like, look, everything's right here. I don't got to record anything anymore. Oh, it's doing all my bonuses. Right. Yeah. That's this yeah. is great. So that's my controversial take on the on the like, huh, I, the long game that is yeah. like fourth edition. Because I think it's a good take on four. I never thought of it that way. I yeah, think, same I think here. It's very good. Yeah, I, I honestly don't think that we would have this. We wouldn't have this renaissance, literally a renaissance of gaming, if it wasn't for fourth. And I know, like, people are gonna like throw <laughs> things at the screen. <laughs> <laughs> I know that when you when you say it that way, then it's almost like a. Ooh, do I want to agree with it? But I kind of have to. I mean, it makes some sense. If you are wanting to give, you know, who owned who owned who owned it at the time? Wizards of the Coast owned it at the time, right? Fourth, yeah. fourth. So if you want to give them the credit of thinking that far in advance, <laughs> then I, I can know. agree with that. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it might not have been the original plan, but it definitely was like, how can we sell this to people who are gonna play video games? Yeah. And want the, you know, obviously. What the speed of a video game, like hands down. Yeah. You you can't get faster combat, you know, than than a video game. Right. Clearly. So, you know, try to make it, yeah. So that's yeah. That's weird. I like I'm it though. Saying. That was a really I really liked having that discussion. That's probably the best discussion I've had about fourth edition. About four, me too. Most interesting. <laughs>
so thank you for bringing it, Paula. Yeah. For bringing yeah. it to us. So I wanted to ask more about the D&D in a castle. Because yeah. we kind of like, zoop, and then I, I want to, right? We're all over the place, but that's fine. This is our norm anyway. Uh, so how, how, what, what do you do there? And how did you get into that? You, are you running games oh. in a castle? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so the first one we did, uh, we did it at Muncaster Castle. And okay. uh, you know, and that's and, where you did the, that, that's the where you did the competition. Okay, just make so, sure. Yeah, because, because I have a relationship with these guys and I was like, hey, how would you like me to bring 18, actually I guess, you know, 18 guests plus the dungeon masters and a couple other people kind of running things. So like, hey, we got 26 people. How would you like us to rent your place on a, mon- on a weekday? Mm-hmm. Because most of these, and again, it's like, you know, if you look at D&D and Castle, those guys, um, they also do it like it's that weekday thing. So mm-hmm. the rates are lower. Yeah. Right. So, you know, we're not trying to do it on a Saturday. Um, so how this all started, uh, I was like, hey, guys, we can I can bring this thing. We can play Dungeons Dragons in your castle. We're literally like they have like some very expensive antique all over the castle. Uh-huh. And I was like, you cannot ask for a group of people that would be more respectful and less dangerous to any of your antiques lying around right a bunch of people who are gonna sit down at a table for six hours <laughs> right <laughs> and it's like that's all they're gonna do like yeah pretty much <laughs> go to the bathroom have a you know get a drink do they do they stay in like are there rooms in the castle or do you so guys get rooms, your own accommodation so at muncaster there's uh there's a big they, so that it used to be the uh the horseman's quarter so it was like the where the horses stay and the, the horsemen themselves stayed so it's like right out it's there's the main castle proper and then there's the whole big uh the horse area so like okay. they've done you know of course they did a fantastic job like doing re- redoing all those places so yeah modern uh you know modern accoutrement and then you have the castle so so you're staying right there on property during the week yes so and you actually cool. have access to the grounds they have it's like 80 acres of garden Whoa. Uh, so we have access to it and there's a chapel with a graveyard <gasps> i love graveyards <laughs> so we uh we get to go at midnight and uh so the whole idea of course because i give tours uh regular 10 day tours things like that so i I was like, what we do is we will go out on an outing and then we come back and play D&D. And of course, wherever we went that day is, is the setting for the, the D&D. You know, the, you know, ah. the, if, you, if we visit the graveyard, assume that the boss fight that night might possibly be in a in graveyard. the graveyard and it's gonna I love be maybe it. I, I don't know very similar cool. to what we just saw yeah so, um so we do uh we also that's fabulous we were just talking about you know horror and suspense you know okay. actual be in that graveyard and then actually play that yeah area we, I took fabulous. my players to the graveyard it was it was like we ended our game in like 11 40 and I was like it's almost midnight and the moon is big let's go and so we ran out and and we go to the you know <laughs> them around some of the places some of the there's some really amazing there's some there's some really amazing really really old tombstones and then some really like you're like devastating like because they'll put the whole story about oh, how someone wow. like somebody's gun went off and like you know just a tragedy just yeah oh my gosh and you're just like what it's like and it's from 1680 you're like holy crap wow. <laughs> and, uh, and so then we go out there and then this black cat like the moon is full the the shining on the gravestones and this black cat like hops up on i was like are you kidding me like, <laughs> couldn't have planned it better yeah, it's like you know how much money i had to pay that cat to get out <laughs> right at midnight I, you know we planned the whole thing and uh you know so so basically what we do is 
we do an excursion, we go somewhere really cool, and then we come back. We'll, and then, uh, of course, there's some of the castle too, but like we, um, you know, we went to Levens Hall, which is, and we'll go there again this, this time as well. Uh, so Levens Hall was the place that Lewis Carroll was inspired to write through the looking glass. Wow. And by inspired, I mean, all of the topiary gardens and the, like the weird, crazy shapes with the trees and all the hedge mazes, all of that stuff is real. It all exists. And it's at Levens Hall. I have to go there. I was just going to say, <laughs> I think Amber is like going to book very soon. I, okay. I, my, I, I, my wedding was an Alice in Wonderland wedding and not Disney Lewis Carroll. So <laughs> it was a very much. Oh. Oh, this is okay. the real this is the real deal and really and so like the gardens are amazing they're, they're huge uh there's a croquet lawn wow uh, there the cards so the suit of the cards are in the building like they're 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 carved into the stone they're on the uh they're on the works of the like the hearts and spades and and club are all part of the castle like he literally was there and he literally was like <laughs> huh, why don't <laughs> i just I'm just gonna yoink this and put it in my book. So any of you dungeon masters out there who are worried that you're, you know, you might, oh, I, I based this whole dungeon off of this thing that I read. Trust me, everybody does it. So don't don't feel bad. You're you're in the same level as Lewis Carroll. So, <laughs> um, so so there's one of the excursions that we're doing. You know, we're gonna go to a 15th century mill that is still functional and it's amazing. Okay, I'm, sometimes I say that and some people are like kind of like. That doesn't sound that exciting. It's really, really. Yeah. And yeah. When you there, put things in context, then people go, oh, whoa, you know. Yeah. With the water running oh, and all the, me yeah. the mechanisms working inside Stilly the building and the wheel spinning. spinning at a ridiculous speed. Yes. I didn't realize they spun that fast. Yeah. Thing is hauling. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the grounds are gorgeous as well. So we're going to, we might do like, we're going to do possibly like a little escape room kind of thing there. Uh, and then wow. we'll like we'll go out there, we'll do that, and then we'll come back. And, uh, so that also, of course, at the castle, they have an entire owl sanctuary. Uh, so they have all these birds. They have birds of prey. They have oh hawks, falcons. Now uh, he's got me too. Now I uh... know we need a trip. Let's do a dungeon <laughs> studios trip. And, uh, and you know, so we'll do some archery as well. Um, also, the so this year, uh, so we we timed it differently. So this year, they're actually doing a medieval festival at the cast at the same there. time yeah or... so, okay. so they're they're doing the medieval festival and then we so i'm actually going to be performing it's it's nine days straight wow and then i'll be performing that weekend uh and then we start the D, &D tour on sunday Got night it. so if you're gonna <clears throat> sign up for the tour i advise just showing up a couple days early yeah. uh, get over your jet lag hang out at the medieval festival and then boom we're ready yeah. to go yeah. And we're, you know, and we're going to have, uh, you know, there's feast, there's, uh, you know, we're going to have, we're going to have uh, Lord Muncaster, Lady Muncaster show up. And I, we, we haven't quite worked it out exactly like what's exactly going to happen, but I am dying to have them go. Uh, hello, I, I'm the Lord of this castle. And I was wondering if there's any adventurers around here might give me a hand. <laughs> I have a quest, like actual, you know, it's, no, actually, that's the guy who owns, actually owns castle. <laughs> like, and then, <laughs> And they are they are awesome. They they are fully supportive and they're kind of just like, whatever you need to make this work, let's do it. So they're gonna they they have staff that's gonna maybe dress up and do some stuff. And there's a maze there. Um it's gonna be pretty great. Oh so uh gosh. and there'll be a giant feast at the end in the main in their main dining room, which is and they're gonna they're, it's gonna be awesome. They're gonna bring out all of the like actual like 
antique like china and stuff what? like that and, yeah it's, <laughs> that's gonna be, it's gonna be now i gotta ask you is do you gonna post some of this stuff on your facebook oh yeah you bet i will <laughs> all right cool cool uh, can i ask do we is there like how much would so now we don't cost? cover flights because okay. flights are kind of like flights have been crazy actually and honestly actually Ooh, flights yeah deeper than they normally have been really Okay. Yeah. So, so now's a good time, honestly. Okay. Uh, so it's all inclusive. Now we do all of the, like if, uh, so we would fly into Manchester, which is the uh-huh. closest, it's like two hours away. Uh, and we would pick you up there. Uh, unless of course you want to show up early, then, you know, you, you get there yourself. We all speak English there. So it's okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so now you can, there's a couple different room types. So there is a group room. That's like the bunk, the adventure, we call it the rogues gallery. Um, it's a six room, six bed bunk room. Uh, that's the cheapest one. Uh, cause of course you're sharing a space with a lot of people. Right. So, uh, and then that's, that is only 3,200. And then you've got, uh, the solo room by yourself. If you want just, you want your own room to yourself, that's 37. And, uh, and that's, and that's, all the food and everything, all the travel in between, all all that stuff. For, for the whole week. That's, yeah, all and it's it's a week, right? So it's five days, like Monday. Yeah. It's gonna or be Sunday through. It goes Monday to Friday. So or yeah, Monday actually, sorry, Friday. Sunday to Friday. Right. So okay. It's actually it's a it's a, it's a <sighs> longer than the D and D Castle guys, and it's yeah. about the same price actually. So yeah. just saying, when you know some people who own a castle. It helps. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Okay. Sorry. I'm very excited. She's writing get stuff down there. She's oh, yeah. writing everything down. <laughs> I go. You, just, you can get a two-person room, too. And there's, uh, as well, that's a little bit cheaper than the uh, than the solo room, of course. Yeah. And uh, and then, of course, they do have, like, they do have some other rooms that we can arrange. So if you have, if, if you have three or what, you know, you got a group, you got four people who are great friends or whatever. Um, yeah. So we can arrange that as well. So uh, we can... We can figure it out. So, wow. yeah. and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a blast. It, it's uh, there's going to be taverns as well. There's a local tavern that we we'll all go to for dinner for a couple dinners, and then uh, there's also the regular dinners in the castle. We're actually going to be playing Dungeons and Dragons in the oldest section of the castle. Uh, the castle is actually from the 12th century, and then wow. there's so the original tower is, and the walls were meant to withstand an attack. So the walls are literally like seven feet. Thick. Wow. <laughs> So that's the oldest section uh, and it's a big tower, but then they've added on to the building in the years that it, you know, the hundreds of years. So like the latest, the other side of the castle is actually from the 1800, but they've matched it to look like it's all the same building. Okay. That's good. Yeah. The tower matches. It's like, looks like the same tower, but the walls on the 18th century part are only like this thick. This is just one block of stone. Okay. And so there's actually like more room on that side. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, you know, literally seven feet thick walls, you know. Wow. And, and like, but it's meant to withstand, you know, getting hit by catapults and all sorts. Of yeah. Stuff. But it's gorgeous. That's so thing. awesome. So cool. We'll get our own private tour. You get to see the painting of Tom Fool and, uh, you know, get some history from uh, from the Muncasters themselves. Now, you have a lot of spaces for that left because you said New Orleans. Orleans is oh, yes. almost gone. Yeah, New Orleans is almost full. Uh, but yes, we actually just started. We just opened the uh, D&D tour okay. uh, into Muncaster. So yeah, there's plenty of room. Get your whole party signed up. It's going to be a good time. Uh, all of the people who did it last year, actually, we, there was many people from the Maryland Fair uh, who were on our last tour. And they were like, oh, we, they, they're dying to do it again. So, <laughs> so they were just like, is there still room? I was like, yeah, there's still room for now. But uh, yeah. And I'll get that on the Dungeon Studios Facebook page for you, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I just oh, sent everything man. out. Very, very cool. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, I'm going to be that person <laughs> and just ask because 
I can't eat gluten. Do mm-hmm. they do yes. food accommodation? Okay. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> I just have to know because I am seriously considering <laughs> this. <laughs> Absolutely. And they take that very seriously there. Uh, okay. You know, and, and it's, you know, because of course they deal with a lot of tourists, you know, so like tourists yeah. from all over the world. And so there's, you know, there's a lot of gluten allergies, a lot of celiac. There's all sorts of different. All that stuff. Okay. So they, their kitchen is fantastic. I love those guys. They, they really work really hard. They've got They've got vegan stuff. They've got, you know, just vegetarian. They've got this, you know, so, uh, so they work really hard to, to get some of the best stuff and uh, it's going to be crazy. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So. Yay. I can't wait to look at now, it. Now you just, you just green lighted her right there, Paulo. <laughs> She's ready now. I'm going. Oh, he's talking <laughs> to her husband. Speaking of horror. What, what do you mean? So, oh, you're going without him? You're leaving him <laughs> behind? Somebody got to take care of the kid, right? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there is the town of Ravenglass, which is a, a mile away from the, uh, it was a mile away from Muncaster. Uh, it's, you can get there. You can either drive there. Or you can like kind of wiggle your way through the, uh, through the, the fields and stuff like that. And it is absolutely the, the seaside town that is, it's adorable, It's but it's windswept and yeah. spooky. And it is literally, you're like, oh, this town, as soon as the tide rolls out and the fog rolls in, this place is covered with Cthulhu creatures. <laughs> it's haunted. <laughs> Abs- like, absolutely. And then, and I did some reading recently and I discovered that uh, there actually are some, like the towns nearby are actually some towns that are in some of the writing. Oh, of, really? Of, yeah. Okay. So I, was like, I was like, wait a minute. He really? must... There's no way that he could then and there's there's only there's only a few towns. Like yeah. we're out in kind of the the way far west of England. There's only so many towns out there. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure he's talking about this town. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. the, 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 yeah. So it's oh it's, speaking of him and you like horror, don't miss Cabinet of Curiosities on Netflix. That's right. Check it out. Yeah. Check it out. Lovecraft's in there. Ooh. Yeah, there's like spooky. two episodes that are like Lovecraft. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, I'm uh Gosh, let me see. We talked about. I wanted to ask a question. You're, oh, yeah. you're you're very portable, right? So, what do you do for living? Like, I I I'm actually you know medically stuck in a place. So, do you have like the same place you stay in Maryland when you're there, and the same place in like do you have your usuals? Well, well how does that I'm, work? I'm for Maryland. I'm fortunate because I actually I'm I'm based in Virginia, so I'm only I'm only a couple hours away from Maryland. But I have a little pop up camper that I use, so I just go up there on the weekend and come back. Uh, but like, oh, that so makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So, uh, so, but some of the other festivals, like the ones in Texas and Louisiana, um, you know, I stay either with uh, I've got you know because I've I've been on the road for a while, so I've <laughs> made some friends and they're like, please come stay at our place, you know, uh, for that's the most nice. part. No, that's or great. That's what I was thinking. If random. that happened, you said you have your crew and it's small and yeah. that's nice. That's so, great. That, that's most, you know, either I've got the little pop up or, you know, it just depends on the show. So that's and the I'm jester, talking. of course, has his own room in the castle, I would assume. Right. Yeah. yeah. The jester's apartment. Yeah. Well, next time I go visit my son in Virginia, I'll have to look you up. Too. Do you have like a secret? <laughs> Do you have a secret door in your in your? I can't shed? tell you. Oh, <laughs> Doc always trying to pull out the secrets out of our guests. <laughs> I will. So there's a there's a little spiral staircase that is only uh, used. I can't tell you how to get there, but uh, there's some accessibility, uh, some secret accessibilities for you. That's right, cool. Right. That's really and cool. I remember the wacky story. So I, I got, so I was there, you know, doing the things with Castle. And then uh, I had some friends of mine who, uh, if you're familiar with the uh, Fringe Festival, 
in Scotland, in Edinburgh. Biggest fringe festival. It's one of the yeah. biggest fringe festivals in, in the world. Uh, and so they were like, hey, we're going to go to the fringe festival. And like, I was like, why? Well, I, I, so I set them up with a gig at Muncaster on their way over to Edinburgh. And of course, you know, like they were like, well, here we have the B&B. We have these nice refurbished rooms and blah, blah, blah. They're like, yeah, but we want to stay in the old part of the castle that's all creepy. <laughs> the people who own castles don't understand that Americans want to be in an old castle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, they, they, don't quite, they don't quite get it. They're like, don't don't you want hot water? Sunny <laughs> water and like temperature controlled room, perhaps? Like, no, give us the creepiest place you can get. And they're like, Muncaster is a very large castle. It actually is pretty pretty sized. Uh, they have over there's like over a hundred individual rooms in it and they don't even it's hard to say how many rooms there are because like is that a closet or is it its own room because they call it a closet but it's a 10 by 10 room you know? and you're just like yeah well it's i don't know so they're like is it a room i don't know so so then like they my friends were like adamant about staying in the castle in the old section so they're like okay weirdos um sure <laughs> And so they were like, well, here's this room. And, and so they set them up in this room and they're, and, and she's like, I don't think anyone slept in this room in like a hundred years. And, oh. and my friends were like, that's the coolest thing you could have ever said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would, I would react the same way. <laughs> like meanwhile, they're like, yeah, that's the haunted nanny's room. <laughs> yeah. Here's your blanket and good luck if you're alive tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, uh, that would be me. I wouldn't want to be near that room. Sorry, not with my illness, not a hundred yeah. years. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be probably probably like put on a white glove wipe the wall and go this is a hundred year old <laughs> <laughs> i okay i'm all right this, if this gets out you might get in trouble uh -oh. so ewan who is who is the uh the penning the son the family is called is the penningtons right that's the last mm -hmm. name so ewan he is the guy who is currently kind of in charge of the, of the castle his parents uh peter and i and iona they uh they've kind of retired they've and uh, but they were the they were the ones running the castle when I when I took the thing. So uh, so you and I met him when he was just a teenager. And of course, he was like, oh, man, your show was great. And so he kind of took me all around the back of the castle, like these back rooms and stuff like that. And he goes, you want to see something really cool? I was like, of course. And so he takes <laughs> me to this place. He's like, so so the you know, of course, when I say Lord Muncaster, uh, they're not technically still lorded. Uh, mm -hmm. They don't. They don't have the title anymore. Um, it's. They were like. It's a pyramid scheme towards the queen. Yeah. And it's <laughs> a lot of money to keep a lord title, and they yeah. don't really have to. So they're just like, yeah, whatever. We're gonna still be the. <laughs> we still own this castle. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so the last actual Lord Muncaster fought in at Waterloo, and he was an officer, of course. And they have his hat and his little, like, the little epaulets that, yeah. from his uniform. And he's like, you want to wear his hat? And I was like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Of course I want to wear his hat. <laughs> and so, and it's like, and it was just, it's just stuck in a box. Like, in the right, right. cabinet, some, think, the castle's so big, they just got stuff all over the place. They don't, they're like, they're like, yeah, yeah, people just leave all their stuff here. And then in a hundred years, it becomes an antique. Wow. Right. <laughs> So like, yeah, so it's like, it comes in a, it's in a metal box and it's, it's the little bicorn hat, you know, it's uh -huh. just like, whoop, you know, and, uh, and I was like, this should be in a museum, you know, that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my house is a museum, duh. And I was like, well, I guess we're in a museum. <laughs> While in a museum. <laughs> so I, I, you know, 
put on his hat. <laughs> hey, hey, Doc, now might be a good time for your um your quick draw questions. All right, 20 questions. We'd yeah. like to ask uh 20 questions. Uh, and if you feel like you really need to elaborate on any of them, please feel free. Okay. If you also feel like there's a, a question that lies outside, go go for it. All right, here we go. Number one, Marvel or DC? Marvel. Okay. Metal or funk? Uh, no one can defeat the metal. Yeah. All right, all right. <laughs> but I do Con- like funk. What's that? I, do, I you like, do funk. like funk. I do like funk. I mean. Okay, go- okay. You can put that. You can put any anything out there you want. All right. Conan or Elric. Conan, classic. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, everyone's picking Conan. All right. Yeah. Star oh, Trek that was, or Star yeah. Wars. Oh. That one always gets people. Yeah. It does. <laughs> it really dug, digs, digs deep. It digs deep. Because <laughs> that's hard. I'd rather live in a Star Trek world, uh, but the movies, the Star Wars movies are better. Okay. All right. I like yeah. that answer. I like that answer. Yeah. Okay. Deep Space uh, Nine, honestly, killer political commentary. Come on. All man. right. All right. Do you ever see B5? Oh, yeah. All right. right. Anyway, okay. Uh, 2D6 or 1D12? Oh, 2D6. Okay. Glass half full or glass half empty? Um, I'll take two glasses so I have full. (laughs) There we go. I I like that answer. answer. Out of the box thinking. I love it. All right. Okay. Zombies or vampires? Oh, I saw like a preference. I don't know. These are coming from Doc. (laughs) I'd rather fight zombies uh, because I think they're easier because they only have one style of fighting which is full frontal assault <laughs> Durr. um would not want to fight a vampire however i do believe that all bloodsuckers need to die so uh you know that's just my <laughs> okay <part>. all right <laughs> uh, this one this one's funny because of your last facebook post robots or dinosaurs uh <laughs> robo- wait, wait. We have to explain the Facebook post first because I don't know what we're talking about. Okay, I'll explain the Facebook post. So part part of Paulo's show is uh, he sort of, uh, I don't even know how to say it, gets people going into this thing where... I goad them into <laughs> demanding fight. Yes, demanding fights. You goad them into fights. demanding fights. Demanding okay. fights. So, and it could be any kind of fight. It could be a lawyer fight. fight. It could be a lollipop fight. It could be gravity a fight. Gravity fight, yes. Gravity yeah, fight. The ballerina fight is the usual starter, and then it just rolls from there. So we have all kinds of fights. And then on his face, last Facebook post was, "Oh my God, there was a time fight, and there's Paulo on stage with a guy in a inflatable dinosaur suit." <laughs> Uh, robot versus dinosaurs. Yeah. So wait, I I, and I miss what you what you picked. Oh, he picked robots. Oh, he picked uh, robots. Robo dinosaur. Oh, robo dinosaur. I want right the best of all worlds. I, <laughs> all right, robo dinosaur. Yeah, he likes two glasses, and he wants a robo dinosaur. Yeah. All right, all right. Well, here's the thing. Uh, now there's there's all the, you've seen those memes about like you know nobody ever asks me about who what your favorite dinosaur is. You know that that they're like you yeah. know he's so adult. No one ever asks him. But uh. The more important question, no one ever asked what dinosaurs would make the best presidential candidate party, like president and vice president. And <laughs> that's you got to you got to really dig deep for that one, because then you're like, well, you want all dinosaurs to be represented. And then, you know, like are iguanodons actual dinosaurs or are they 
like they're just lizard right like, right meat eaters versus plant eaters yeah 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 right right so then and there's the omnivores and then you get into is it a bird or is it a flying reptile all my chickens are dinosaurs right? you never know all your chickens I, are dinosaurs I, you know, no, I, I heard i do have chickens and yeah. i had heard that theory so long ago and now when i walk outside and like my 18 chickens come running at me i can't help but hear like the jurassic park theme <laughs> song in my head it just is never so did. funny <laughs> all right, all right. I, let's, okay, okay. Go. So dig no. deeper here. I don't understand. Okay, because I have chickens too, and I'm like, oh, clearly these are dinosaurs. Yes. And, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, when people started putting the dinosaur bones together in the 1800s, most people had chicken. Uh-huh. How did they not put that together? <laughs> you know why? No, I can tell you this. I can tell you this from being a science teacher. You know why? Dinosaurs had two types of hips. Some had bird hips and some had lizard hips. So that really confused them. Ah, so this because is where they, the evolution thing probably yeah, comes into play. Yeah, okay. it really, really confused them because how could they have different hips and be the same thing, right? So, wow. All right, all right back this to- This conversation Rex is has wings. Amazing. It doesn't back have- to, back, to, back to 20, we're only up to nine. All right. Oh time boy. Machine, I can derail a conversation. Like time that. machine or magic wand? Wait, say that again? Time machine or oh. magic wand? Time machine. I got I got some jobs to take care of. <laughs> all right, all right. Flip-flops or sneakers? For adventuring, we're gonna go with sneakers. Okay. okay, okay. Schwarzenegger or Stallone? Oh man, well see, Conan's gotta go Schwarzenegger, so. <laughs> yeah. It's a Even double up. My it's Italian heritage up. says that I must go with Sylvester Stallone, but honestly, yeah. no. Nah. We'll go with the Austrian guy. All right. All right. Um, what's your favorite book or a book that you put up there as something you enjoyed reading? Okay. Because I'm just that weird political type of person. It's Starship Troopers because it's anti-fascist, not because it's pro-fascist. <laughs> <laughs> so some people don't quite get it. That That's like, but yeah, there's some. Yeah, no, I, that's a good book. That's a very good book. All right. Oh, all right. Read it. The first appearance of uh, Power Armor. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. In, in, really? In, in sci-fi and in the world, that's that's the the suit. In Starship Troopers, they actually wore super suit. They didn't yeah. run around like World War One peasant attacking bugs. Okay, they actually had these awesome <laughs> spacesuits. They had nukes. And they pew 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 and like. Yeah, so you know, shh, the power armor that you see in every anime, uh, that's the first appearance. Yeah, so, you got to wow. read the the real book is is far beyond the yeah the movie the that little, the movie the that movie should it. have been called Bugs and Guns. Right, right. And as the movie Bugs and Guns, it was a very fine movie called Bugs and Guns. Yeah, right. absolutely. Seen Starship Troopers movie. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, that maybe maybe that's something you can back one day, make a real make On my a Kickstarter. Real, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. First All right, I'm gonna need a super suit. All right. Favorite game snack. <laughs> oh, preferred game snack. Junior Mint. Really? That's a oh. shout out to Andrew McKee, actually, who used to bribe me with Junior Mint every every time we played D D. He would Oh like you're my. the DM and he was like, I'm not gonna die, right? <laughs> <laughs> like- <laughs> First he would he'd like one and I was like Oh, no, you're going to die. And then he would just hand the whole box just close. <laughs> How about now? Okay. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Favorite sport? Oh, soccer. Hands down. Okay. Uh, favorite. Now, this everyone, I asked this one. People get really mad at me. They're like, I can't just pick one. Uh, musician or recording artists that you really enjoy? Ooh, man. Uh, okay. All right. One. Charming Disaster, uh, which is uh, they're they're good friends of mine. They're from uh, they're from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, they are absolutely fantastic. I don't know them. I have to find and check this. I was out. gonna say, what kind of genre is that? Well, that's the that's the hard <laughs> part. Uh, 
it's goth funk uh, folk music with and and they are amazing storytellers they have songs from anywhere about Baba Yaga to Madame Curie. Like oh, they, actually, cool. they actually did a whole album about Madame Curie, um, wow. Our Lady of Radium. Yeah. And, uh, it, I, it's, I like every, that. Every word that they say, you like, like, I have to look up every, like, I'm like, wait, that had a separate meaning. Hang on. Oh, I'm going to love this. I got to check this yeah. out. Definitely. Like, definitely. Just every word, every nuance. They're just fantastic. I'm there. All right. Um, also, I just want to do a shout out to Nerd E, uh, who uh, uh, Nerd D actually, um, who is a fantastic uh, musician. Who just he did Gen Con. Okay. So uh, fantastic! Uh, oh my gosh, just great! Yeah, shout out for nerds because he's got whole albums of uh, of some great, great uh, nerdy, nerdy funk rap music. And All right, favorite, oh, <laughs> favorite. Sorry, Old D and D setting. Oh my gosh! Uh, mm. What was your favorite setting to play in back in the day? Yeah, gone. Well, you know, so we. I mean, we were so. I was okay. <laughs> the keep on the borderland. Okay, that, all right. That that module because we almost we never got out of that. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. We must have played that thing for years. And like our yeah our our dungeon master, my older brother. Uh, he, uh, John, he's, uh, yeah, he, we like, we played that, we were un- stuck in that module, not stuck, but I mean, we were, we like ran that module for years. Well, like, no, they talk about that, uh, for beginners, that that's a great, as a great campaign start play- point. Uh, yeah. and that is, that is where the Briark comes from, uh, in the current monster manual where it says like the goblin word for surrender is not Briark, but in, but that was one of the rumors on the rumor mill that you could learn uh oh. that was from the before times yes before <laughs> times all right what was your last impulse buy oh gosh i, I bought a hat in scotland yeah. yeah it was one of those scottishy kind of hats i was like I, I, i'm in edinburgh i gotta get the hat yeah. all right i like that i like that oh, cool. uh, what motivates you most oh, wow um having a good time i don't know <laughs> that's, that's okay. That's all right. I, I see that with you on stage. When the audience responds, you tend to, the show tends to take on a life of its own, goes further. So oh, yeah. I can see that as an answer. Um, what mythical creature could you believe is real? Oh, man. Cockatrice, clearly. What? Cockatrice. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Really, that was a chicken eating a snake and uh, like a rooster eating a snake. And the person was like, I don't know what I'm looking at. <laughs> and, and that it's looks one. really dangerous. I like that one. I like also, that one. I have a theory that mm-hmm. centaurs are actually, were just people riding horses in, uh, but 3000 years ago, people in the, in the area that is called Europe, uh, were riding chariot didn't didn't ride horseback uh-huh. so when they came across a group of people say from the steps who were like kicking their asses on the backs of horses they couldn't yeah. quite fathom it and just assumed <laughs> it was a it was a person head on a horse uh, on a horse it sounds plausible yeah <laughs> or, or maybe it was just them trying to explain it to these people who never saw them and then they're just like so what is it it's a guy horse it's a guy horse horse guy guy horse <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a chariot involved, right? No, no chariot at all. <laughs> but you saw the guy's head, right? Yeah. It was a guy. Yes, it was a guy. Was, that's that's was, very true. Unicorn, the, the first drawing of unicorn looks damn well like a rhinoceros. 
Right. Yeah. So when you look at it, it's like, uh, uh, don't. anyway. All right. Last question. This is a big one. If you were to devote the rest of your life to philanthropy, what cause would you choose? Yeah. Well, I do a lot of stuff for cats already. So like, like, that's okay. But if, I mean, if I, it's like, if I had unlimited resources, I would probably be like, uh, humans. I'd have nothing against if you want to take care of hats and forget about humans. I have, yeah. this, that's, that's, that's how much doc loves us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, meow, like, those people. meow. <laughs> It's you got it's, it's your it's your answer it's your answer. Mm-hmm. What what would you pick? Um yeah gosh yeah well you know I would start with cats and then then we'll see if I can if I've got enough that I can actually help people work from there. Yeah. So, All right, I like it. I like it, it, it. Like, it seems like it seems like ending world hunger seems like a kind of a big thing. Um <laughs> Which I, you know, I'm all about that. So I'm, uh, yes, I'm having lived in Europe and understanding like the socialized medicine does not, it's not a bad thing. <laughs> like, how and, about- that, and that the world is bigger than America. Yes. Yeah. How, yeah. How about- we Healthcare. talk about that quite often here. Uh, we were talking to our friend um, in Brazil and our other host didn't realize that he was an hour ahead of us. Because how could there be a time zone before East Coast Standard Time? Oh, right. Right. You know, like (laughs) the the, the geography just wasn't making sense to him. And I was like, well, it's okay. It happened. It's all right. (laughs) So that's the 20 questions. You did great. You did great. Thank Thank you you so much. Thank you so much. Okay. I have a question for you. So oh. I like to play this game. I don't, maybe I played this game at, at the show you were at. I don't know. I don't don't do it all the time. Well, and maybe we'll do we'll do we'll do we'll tell you what we'll do three questions each. What do you think is the weirdest thing that I've ever juggled? This uh, you can do it like twenty questions sort of thing. All right, the, the weirdest thing you've ever juggled. I'm gonna go with an operating. That's PG. Ch- it's PG, right? I'm gonna go <laughs> no. with an, I'm gonna go okay. with an operating chainsaw. Not the weirdest thing I've ever juggled. I have juggled a chainsaw, but not the weirdest thing. Chickens. I have attempted to juggle chicken. But they <laughs> I I did juggle three frozen turkey. Okay, but that's still not the weirdest thing. That's not the weirdest thing. All right, we got another guess. Another guess. Um, uh, juggle a and you said PG still, right? Oh yeah, yeah I know, right? That's where uh, my brain goes. <laughs> I have juggled those, but not the weirdest thing. <laughs> still not the weirdest thing. We have talked about them too, so. Um, prosthetic limb. I, I've surprisingly juggled a prosthetic breast. Really? That someone offered at a show. I said, said they had more than something. one because you can't just juggle one, can you? <laughs> she only offered one, so <laughs> you had to incorporate it with other objects, yeah, I yeah. guess. So it was being juggled, but not okay. the weirdest thing. Uh, God, uh, I can't even think. Uh, I just feel like I'm gonna just say something stupid and not a weird thing, something right. stupid and not weird. So I'm trying it, to think weird. It had been alive. Uh, did you like, did you ever like, uh, taxidermied animals? That's, I was thinking. Super close. Oh, Jesus. Super close. Mummified? Mummified animals? Sort of. Uh, Defined animal. Defined animal. Oh, my God. Mummified rat. Uh, No, no, not getting farther away now. (laughs) Oh, darn. Sort of taxidermied, sort of mummified. And, um... It was a mammal. Okay. A cat? A chihuahua. All right. A dog. So, a oh, you're getting real specific. It was a sapien. <laughs> and not the whole part of it. Not the whole thing. Just a part of it. So like mummified arm, hand? Are you saying human? Well, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So you juggled um, human body parts. Uh, uh, yes, but it was the same part, but three of them. It wasn't an arm. So was it a head? Was it a head? Were they like shrunken heads? <laughs> Super close. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Eyeballs. Side of a head. Brains. You juggle brains. What? 
You Where do you get brain. access to these? Where do oh. I get access to brains? A, ju a jester has his secrets here. <laughs> uh, but actually, in the I, secret room, yes, off the secret of the room the in Castle. So, uh, so I was at the bodies exhibit, uh, which I've been to that. I have been to that. So, been to so, that. Yeah. so it's a real human bodies. Uh, they've been sort of taxidermied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, do not go in there and then just start juggling. <laughs> no. They really frown on that. Uh, but I was uh, I was leaving and it was kind of late at night. Uh, so there's not too many other people there. Uh, there was a woman standing at a table and there were two brains on the table. And I walked by and I was like, hey, <laughs> you don't have another brain, do you? And she goes, oh, what are you going to do? Juggle it? <laughs> I absolutely will juggle it. And she went, oh, really? Oh, well, look, I have another brain. <laughs> the brain on the table. Juggle, 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 and then eat one. What? No, I didn't eat one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the onion gag. That's the oh, onion gag. Oh, my gag. God. They were stringy. <laughs> That is so amazing. I well, first of all, if there was a brain room at the castle, that is the room I would probably want to stay in. Um <laughs> You know what there is though? There is a miniatures room because Ooh, yeah. war game yeah. was a real thing. And they are they have a gigantic collection of Napoleonic miniatures, like cast the, the little lead guys, artillery. Uh, that's why wow. the hat's still there. Infantry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's why the hat's still there. Amazing. It's, yeah. Uh, the collection is, is so honestly, it's, cool. it's, it's a stunning collection. Uh, and yeah, so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. really cool. Golly, like, I just want to keep talking about this castle, but we got to <laughs> let you go after a while. So You're just going to have to go. Like, I am. I am. It's, it's, it's on the docket now. <laughs> just got to figure out how to expense it. So. <laughs> write it off on your taxes because yeah. it's a write-off. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, it's for I, work. It's for work. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I will record it. We'll put it all over Dungeon Studio stuff. Exactly. Why not? And then Paolo will be there. <laughs> uh, anyway, gosh, I I hate to let you go because, but we're going to have to because, you know, show's ending. Uh, thank you so much. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so much for joining us. Yeah, this thank you, Paulo. Thank you so much Fantastic. For Doc, thanks for finding this guy <laughs> and bringing him to us because yeah. this was an amazing interview. I think people are going to really enjoy this. Uh, where can people find you? Do you want to give a shout out to your again, websites or give anything? Give them all out again. Give them all yeah. out again. So it is garbanzojuggling.com is my business website. That's and garbanzo like the bean. Uh, it's G-A-R-B-A-N-Z-O juggling.com. Uh, also, I've got a Facebook, Paulo Garbanzo. And uh, let's see what else. Well, we got Nat Twenty One Adventures. Uh, that's our uh, that's our Twitch channel, and there's a website as well. You can get you can get our D Twenty Ones there. I'm and, gonna get uh, one. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and uh, let's see. Well, what else? And Ren Adventures. So Ren Adventures is the uh, the D and D destination website. So it's R E N Ren. Adventures. Everything's an adventure. <laughs> Amazing. And, uh, again, thank you again, Paulo. Anytime you want to come back, uh, talk D and D with us. Oh, I, glad I, to have you back on too. Thank you for coming. My pleasure. Love to join you. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you, Doc. Do you want to take us out with your uh, your great one liner that you had the other day? Yeah. Yeah. Um. You know what? And Paulo, you'll like this one. This is a new one I've come up with. You can't believe everything you think until you think about everything in which you believe. <laughs> So, hey, everybody, peace out. Have a good night. Yep. Thank you very much. And cut.